This podcast recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Jason Thompson here. To my right, we have Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns. To my left, big man on the board, Chris Sims. And getting to be a familiar voice on the podcast, Jim Franklin. And here's what we'll be talking about tonight. Shitty-ass mentored youth day. <laughs> We're going to start with that. Man, it didn't go the way we planned. and Not at all. I did see some kids catching some fish here and there. Uh, but, boy, it was just bad bad conditions. Um, well did I, they I, catch them or did they snag them? Uh, I think it was a more of a – we'll get Both. to that. We'll get to it. Um, airing of grievances. Uh, weather, a few other things. We're going we're gonna to air it all tonight. And then uh, we're going to do our listener topic segment. That's going to be a new segment. And thank you to Daniel Moscon and uh, Zach Buchanan <coughs> for giving us some questions. You know, it's pretty cool here some for some people and, you know, give us a little bit of feedback. So we're going to do that. And then um, we're going to do tonight's drinks, which I've already had a couple too many of. And uh, the FT3 and Franklin on April 22nd. And then we're going to go off the rails. But uh, before we get to all that, who are we sponsored by, Mark? We got Yeti, built for the wild. Sims Fishing, they got the whole new lineup up for 23, so check them out. Get Rex hooks, fresh and salt water. Uh, I tell you what, check out the uh, new SA-10s for even musky hooks. It's a really good platform, something to look at. Cortland, musky time. Their musky uh, pike lines. Intermediate, sink four, sink eight, pretty much all your grain windows you need. I just pulled my new two up during the week. Beautiful. I just pulled Using up them uh, soon. Uh, six weight, uh, it's a uh, sink uh, 15. Ooh, nice. Sink six, mm-hmm. 15 foot. Wow. Uh, so, oh, should be awesome. No, I wait for it. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Friends of the show, we got Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods. We have our buddies over at Muskie Fool, and of course, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. <coughs> so, let's get to the Mentored Youth Day. Yeah, I missed it. Yeah, I don't blame you. I yeah, wouldn't you say I missed miss it, much. though. No, mm-hmm. you didn't miss much. We uh, <laughs> we did everything from being uh, an arborist to uh, trying to fish. We, we moved around a lot of uh, down timber to even get to where we were going that morning. I'll, I'll tell you, oh, I yeah. woke up. I've got, a, I've got a creek that runs through my front yard, and maybe once a year it floods. And it was up over my driveway. And I said, if that thing flooded... And the wind was constant 30. Oh, yeah, for sure. Gusts up to 50 or 60. I said, no, you guys texted me at like 715. They're like, Sims, you coming? I just responded, negative. <laughs> and I knew you'd know. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't should have, should have just been LOL. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, the, man, it was a bummer because uh, this is my like the most excited. Usually, you know. My daughter's a little bit excited. A few years back, the last couple of years, it's been like, oh well, yeah, I'll go out there and, you know, I'll go do it for my dad. You know, just you know, uh, and all you know, every all the kids are out there. She's she's always liking to see all the other kids. But uh, this year, she seemed pumped and she was ready. So, and Nolan as well. You know, we went out to eat <coughs> with uh, Chad and his wife the uh, night before and uh, hang out. And man, the kids were pumped. They were ready. They you know they they. they didn't really know as high as water was, but you know. Yeah, and the water was okay Friday. Yes. It was not great, but it was it was okay Friday. Yeah, there was some clarity in that creek that we were 
we went to and I know I got up at five o'clock in the morning listening to that rain coming down on my roof and I <laughs> went, Oh my this is gonna be rough. Like I it sounded like it was raining a ton. And I mean we did. We got quite a bit of rain in the early hours of that morning. Yeah, it was it was it was really coming down. Like like yeah. hard. Oh yeah, cats and dogs twice. There was two AM one, uh oh, boy, it was bad. Even the rain before, the night before, was terrible, too. I right. to get it up to that, you know, crazy, almost crazy level. And uh, that just put it right over the top. I know the night before, my dog was sleeping with me half the night because he can't do the thunder. He's just dying. Oh, he's just poor out, guy. Oh, he's just outside the door, just dying. As soon as my wife opens the door, shoom, right up into bed. It's boom, right down into bed, right at my feet. And, um, you know, now I'm like, apparently, hey, shit, he's sleeping. You know, he's... At least he was sleeping okay, right? But, uh, yeah, it was just terrible, man. Terrible stuff. Um, my, like I said, my kid was out there. She was casting away and casting away and casting away till, you know, they were all – Jim yeah. was with me the whole day. They were out there trying their asses off. I, I give mean, them credit, man. They, they stuck it out. I mean, we were getting – especially towards the second half of it. I mean, we were getting rained on. I mean, they, they put up with it. They stuck it out. They were trooping it up. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Pair of gloves, rain jackets, mm-hmm. waders, you know, we were all pretty waterproofed up, but you know, after a while it just you know, it can be pretty pretty bad. I, and it was you know, the winds were just it was just whipping like we were talking about. I was just waiting oh for my, my kid to get spooled by a log or something coming down the <laughs> river the first part of the morning. I'm like, Yep, here we go. Like as as soon as I started seeing debris coming down, I'm like, Yep, game on. All these little kids, all these lines in the water, someone's getting spooled. Was there anybody else at that creek? Yeah, there were a few mm-hmm. other people yeah. in the hole up above that. Yeah. Cover the two come together there. A couple jealous yeah. people that, you know, were late to the party and missed out on the spot. Not but did they? they? Really, no, <laughs> no, not really. That spot up above there is really nice too. Yeah, it's a good spot. They they stock both I mean, of it pretty heavily. It was still a good time though. I mean, having all the kids there. I mean, you could tell they had a good time. We lost yeah. their interest pretty quick. They went to the smartphones like within the first thirty-five minutes, forty minutes of us being at the first spot. Well, this is they had a little bit of time with the smartphones, the food. You know, Chad was cooking some food <coughs> and had uh, his his uh, uh, mother-in-law brought donuts. So, you know, kids all had donuts. Then they went over. My brother-in-law brought his dog down with it with him. So then they went and pet the dog for a little while. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, at least they're out there having some fun, you know. It wasn't, wasn't a waste of a day. Yeah, it wasn't noth- yeah, at least it wasn't a waste of a day. What is cool and what would be fun to do this summer is go back there with like a little three-weight. Because the smallies will be in there, believe it or not. I mean, I used to go in there. Like mm-hmm. I grew up a couple hundred yards down the road. And we used to go in there with Sains, just netting, you know, Little minis and what have you, and you'd always get a bunch of smallies cool. and some decent ones. Nice. Like, a guy actually went down there. Oh, I was, I'd go down there, and, you know, a little bit of summertime, uh, more like late May, late May, June, mid June, mm-hmm. even. Uh, and they're eating, they're eating dries at that point. You know, guy, one guy was down there catching them on dry flies. I was down there trying to pee them on some. Yeah, spinners. most of them are going to hold over because <laughs> they stock like they also stock a couple sections down below that too. So you've kind of got a lot of good bit of fish in that sections. And then they're going to, I mean, it gets low quick. And the weight That is thing will be fishing in two or three days. It'll be right back down to normal. And the weight is now, I mean, you could actually cast and stuff, you know, stuff there. Yeah, it's, it's all really cleaned, it's cleaned up. Cleaned and yep. You can actually get a kid down there casting. I might have tried that with Riley this year. It'd be a fun time. 
And just to be crystal clear. No, you clear, can't go back now. It's only one day. It's just that yep. one day. That's okay. what I was just about to ask. It's just to be crystal clear. It's that day, not the week. Right? It's just yes. that one Saturday. Yeah, because my wife and took the dog <clears throat> walking there today. And I was like, anybody fishing? She goes, no, there's a sign up. Can't back until April 1st. Yep, today, that one day only. Well, all those fish that were, you know, out there, still out there. The kids oh, and they're, the, the they're kids a couple and the miles down yeah. from where yeah. they were. Yeah, they're they there. Got pu- they got pushed a good ways with that one, I'm sure. You know, I always preferred that, though, at, you know, yes. as a kid on first day, going out and having the fish spread out everywhere, because I would walk. You right. Know, I'd be gone, and I could go hole to hole to hole, catch three or four fish here, three or fish four, you know, and just keep going down hole to hole to hole and keep catching fish. And I always found that more fun than just hanging out right by the bridge you know with everybody else in the days when, you, when the years you don't get any rain. And mm-hmm. you'd you'd been there and quite a bit too. Remember the uh, hell float off the bat where we took out mm-hmm. at? Down from there, if you go down like a mile and a half or two, there's that huge, big, massive log jam down there. Mm-hmm. That because whenever it would rain, it would push them. They would all go down. No one would ever want to walk down there. And you go down, that place is just loaded. Well, even it'll it'll make the place we float a lot more fun too. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there'll be all the trout will be mixed everywhere in with every other trout. You go to hold a hold, and at least you're catching something. You know what I mean? Between any wild trout you might catch. Yeah. So. Well, weather permitting, we're going to try again with the kids this Saturday, right? The yep. Opening day. <clears throat> yep. Which we- could be, you know, just a shit show of anglers. I've been um, on, I'm on a couple Facebook groups, and all these anglers, and I, I almost said something to somebody, but they're they were happy. That these fish hadn't been taken out of the creeks by these kids. Oh, sure. And I oh, wanted to be like... Greed's ridiculous. Guys, are you kidding me? You're upset that you don't get to catch an extra nine-inch trout, and these kids might not be as excited about trout fishing as they could be to continue your sport? You selfish dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just chill out. <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's funny, though, because before, like, when, when we just first started the podcast, I think right before that and everything, and they just started the Mentored Youth Day, didn't have a kid that was, you know, she might have been one, if not, you know what I mean, anything near that, you know, yet. And uh, I was like, man, that's that's stupid. Man, they're <laughs> letting these kids and these guys, man, take their kids out there. I'm like, man, if it was my dad and I, and I was 12 years old, you know, it's it's tough. We're, we're about to peel all these fish. <laughs> you know what I mean? And th- th- I, You're not allowed to keep as many. I think I read the rule. We read the rules a few weeks ago. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was that guy, though, kind of. And then... Got to see the other side of it, right? And yeah. I truly changed my mind immediately, and was like, "This is this 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 stocking of these trout is for these kids anyway, right? This isn't for a grown man. If you're a grown man, go do something else. <laughs> yeah, this is for these kids. This is this is what this is fun. This is for the kids, more or less. To me, I feel like. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, when they opened I'll go up, I'll peel them too. But I mean. when they opened up that uh, the youth hunting, they gave them that week during archery where they can use a rifle. Yeah. Oh, the outcry. People were screaming and yelling, oh, you're going to kill all the deer. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're worried a nine-year-old with a high-powered rifle is going to sniper out every deer out of your woods? Come on, Jethro. Just kill the mad. fuck out. Just mad because they can't do it themselves. <laughs> right. That's all it is. Yeah, and and uh, it's important that we just keep getting kids involved in these outdoor sports or we're going to lose them. Yeah. Eventually, I mean, if you know you lose enough kids doing it over time, I mean, you're going to lose the sport if yeah. nobody's doing it. Eventually, it's just going to be gone. Now, here's a double-edged sword, and you know me coming in with that. 
Oh God, the elitist, the elitist over here. Uh, uh, no, by no stretch. No, <laughs> I just heard the, the, the dun, elitist. Dun, dun. And then by no means elitist of anything. <laughs> I'll give you perfectionist, but no, but no, no elitist. You, you, you look per- yeah, I, I, Yes, uh, but I, it's not like I have the highest end of everything. I don't you, have. You love Tom Brady. No, I don't love Tom Brady. He's the 49ers. I like people that are great at what they do. They put the work in and they earn it. I like people that do that. They don't. I mean, if they if you're putting the work in, and you're earning stuff. You don't have to be the best at it. You got to be good at it. But we beef and piss and moan about the trout in the way that you know Pennsylvania has kind of instilled this ethics in fishing, where it's a put and take, and you kind of have almost like that competition mentality where it brings out the worst in people in that this is kind of instilling that in the child which brings them into fishing at that point with this mindset that this is how fishing is you put a fish that isn't supposed to be there in an area you go and you take it out before somebody else or you get as many as you can before they're gone you know what i mean you're kind of accelerating that mentality that the pennsylvania's kind of put between steelhead and trout by having a first day on a fish like this. You know, I, I still feel like th- it's the same thing with walleye, though, too. You know what I mean? I feel like it's the same idea with a, with a meat eater. A meat so. eater because they're putting those fish there for them to be taken out. The same kind of an idea. You know what I mean? You can, it's, it's you know, a put and take kind of mentality. It's the same kind of idea. Yes and no, but them fish are also going, they're growing to a point before they can be taken out. They're living an extensive to an extent of a life, and they can and do reproduce. Yep. These are going to die as soon as the water gets hot, and we're dealing with climate change issues. With Everybody wants to get into that, but none of these fish make it past a year. Depends on where. Okay, yes. Most of these fish don't make it past a year. 90% of them. You will have some, absolutely, but 90% of them don't. They could if they were put back. And, and is it cool? Yes. Is it a grand chance to get kids fishing? Yes. Is it a way for Pennsylvania to make a lot of money? Yes. And where is, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I like the fact of getting the kids into it. I would like to see it done in a different manner by the state and ways to push them towards a fish that is there in that waterway. There's a look at like, look at a lot of the local tr- fly shops. You could never tell that we have another species in Pennsylvania. Yeah. As far as you're concerned, we got trout. The trout aren't there. These aren't supposed to be here. They weren't here. If you want to push the brook trout, cool. Well, you don't know nothing about a brook trout in there. Don't say, well, what? No, no I'm just saying, Browns well, came I'm from saying, Germany I, and rainbows I, came. Yeah, that's they that's what I just said. That's what I was going to so say. It, that, it, I mean, everybody, from everywhere. Ding, everywhere. Ding, ding. When they're out, out west, they're not supposed <laughs> to be here. When they're in wild streams out in Pen- mid-Pennsylvania, they're not supposed to be there. Not, none of it's supposed to be there. No, but why can't we push a fish or an animal that is supposed to be there? You know, We've built a ton of respect for a trout that isn't supposed to. And I'm saying look at the amount of respect these people have for these trout. Outside of the people that are going in there to catch and keep them, look how many people that want them in there because they can catch more of them. Yeah. I mean, it's there's a culture built around it, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm 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 throwing out the facts and the obvious here. I'm not disputing. You know my standpoint, right? And I don't. But this is all obvious things here. How does this affect the future of Pennsylvania as a fishery in a good way, without doing the same thing that we already are doing? 
I I well, don't disagree with you. Is that what you. we want, or is that what we don't? That's I'm I'm saying. Is that how we want? We want to fish in. Is it making a lot of money? Yeah, Pennsylvania Fishing Games, the wealthiest organization in Pennsylvania, is doing great. Yes, it's making a lot of money. Yes. Yeah. So so I don't I don't disagree with you at all. Uh, I I'm happy they do it. I'm glad they do it because we we do have limited recreational fishing. I mean, if you had six million people shoot out to all of our brook trout streams, we would be out of brook trout. Yeah, and it does yeah. give access like to these today. fish directly. And mm-hmm. that is the nice part because you can walk right in, you can get right to them, and yes, that is yep. that's a good point to cover, 100%. We would be, they would be gone. Uh, and the other thing is... That's why you never hear anybody talk about their places. Right, it, it, exactly. And the, <laughs> and the other thing is, to me, this... This Saturday was more of a teaching opportunity to my kid than it was a competition to catch fish and get them out of there before everybody else gets them. And, and each, each angler can approach their fishing how they so choose, right? Like if you want to go in there and you want to fill a box, go fill your box. Awesome. I'm not, I'm not judging you for that. That's how you choose to fish. Yeah, if you're going to take them home and eat them. Yeah. Ha- take them. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But, yeah. As long as you're eating them. For for me, the lesson was going to be: we're taking two home, but we are going to respect these fish. We're going to be thankful that that we got a harvest, and we we worked for it. We didn't walk into Costco, buy two, perfectly gray rainbow trout, and and walk away. So, I think the pros outweigh the cons. I don't think you're wrong, Mark. Yeah, and, and the other thing is too is you're going to get a lot of these kids that obviously grow up and and go on to do other types of fishing. And then, I mean there is. Again, there's a lot of pros and cons to it. I don't disagree with it. I mean, I, am I a fan of it? No. But do I disagree with it? No, I also don't. I still think it should continue to go on. Yeah. And I don't think it should be stopped. Do I think we can do other things to possibly push fish so we can build that respect in fish that need it more? Yes. You know, I And agree. how can we do that? Because I think that's a lot of the problem that we run into with a lot of our native fish is they don't have respect because no one really goes out there to target them much, and the people that do are usually pretty diehard, and they have a lot of respect for them. Yeah, how many and guys you get a lot of kickback from it because they are so much into it. How many guys get excited when they catch a pike? Really? No, I mean, when, when, you're, when you're fishing my lake, I'm going to call it. Uh, when no, somebody, I'm not there, but if I'm fishing like right. our local area, yeah, that's what I'm fishing for. Yeah, exactly. But like when you catch that pike on that lake, uh, you're like, ah, that's not what I was going but it's still it's an awesome fish. It's an awesome creature, and when you check when you catch a pike the size Chad caught Chad Wild, oh man, that that thing was a monster. That I mean, awesome. you're looking at all the bass. Look at how much bass opportunity is. And you know what? Same thing with muskie. Yes, they're stocked. They have to be stocked because of what we did to the waterways. That was a native fish that was here long well before, you know, all these dams came in. Them fish were here on their own. Yep, and so the I mean, acid mine drainage that got a lot of your brookies. But thankfully, we still got a lot of that. But yeah, I mean, you've got a lot. Uh, the bass opportunity is a big one. I mean, you have smallmouth and largemouth, and you have a lot of opportunity to catch stripers by foot. A oh, significant. Not I only our wait. lake, but another one that you can walk right off the bank when they're in that time of year, and you can go catch a lot of them, too. And yeah. Just casting, spinning gear, casting anything. I'm looking forward to putting a fly in front of some of them good fish, man. Oh, I can't wait for them stripers. I've yeah, I've hybrids never will be coming up here real soon. So I've never hooked a hybrid for me. Oh, hybrid, good time. I've cooked, mm-hmm. I've hooked 
thousands of I've caught them on gear. Saltwater striped I've caught bass. them on gear. I haven't caught them on a fly yet. I want to try to get one on a fly. It has been a long time. I should go this year. I just, it's been like five years since I've got just go down there. for one. You just go down there. You close your eyes. Throw it out there as far as you can. And you strip it as fast as you can. We should make an afternoon of it. We don't, should. Don't pull it out of its mouth too quick. No. Just just don't even do anything. Just let it eat it and run. And you don't. You, it sets the hook. So don't don't strip set. One rule: don't strip set. Tie everything. With it's not like hook. a musky. So here's what we do. Twenty pound uh, test too. We get down there. Jimmy uh, makes the first couple casts. Bangs a fish or two. We hand him that uh, chest, shoulder, forehead rig thing already, that he's got. I already got. know what you're gonna say. <laughs> I already <laughs> know what you're gonna say. Go on, go on out with it. I'm I'm curious where this is headed. Go on out with it. Oh, I just figured he wasn't gonna. He was gonna bang a few fish. He was gonna peg a few. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, there we are. You catch him and do whatever you want with them when you're doing it. You know, you I, me personally. Yeah, I like to bang them. I'm banging them. Yeah, I'm just banging in it for. I'm right. in it for a quickie, yeah. man. We got a we okay. go to quick yeah. po- quick yeah. photograph anyway. and we're out of there. Yeah, and then you uh you can you can record some you can record some shorts. Yeah, a good one is the really close-up of the reel. Just <laughs> zinging all the way into its backing and then some. And then somebody having to chase this thing for good luck. So the one that you've seen like 645,000 times in every video where like it starts off slow and then a spool gains speed and then the water goes off? That one. Sure, sure, that one. <laughs> yeah, let's make it 645,001. Yeah, one. <laughs> but then my face, my, my cheese bucket face will be in the end of this one. But yeah, our goal this year with my boy is uh, I really want to do some pan fishing with him. Just get him out there, mm-hmm. just rip some crappies and perch out of a lake. Get him, you know, 15, 20 minutes at a time. You know, as long as he's not bored, get get him hooked into wanting to fish and then and then work on that. Do I tell with, you what? With, spin, with the spinning gear? Yeah, absolutely. Spinning oh, yeah, gear. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your lake. You got to do that. My lake, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And even even the one between us. Uh, you know, I can mo- I can trolling motor out to the middle to that roadway, and we could just you know once you find a school of crappy, you can sit on them all day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I tell you what, they're they're gonna be right off them causeways here soon. Yeah, you can troll sixty five yards off the dock. Mm-hmm. And Jim, just sit right up off the road. Jim, your kid looked like he you know he was pretty versed. He knew what he was doing when he oh, was yeah, out there. Man. Yeah, we he, we've had him out steelhead fishing quite a bit. Oh, so, cool. I mean, I mean, he's used to. Was he throwing Joe flies or was he float? Rigors? He was throwing the Joe's flies. He was throwing one of the, the the larger ones too. They had like a little bit of a uh, like a metal barrel on them, a little bit more weight to it. Especially like whenever we were at the first part with the water going as, as that fast. I mean, a little bit more weight. I figured try to get. Was it, it down. almost worth trying to send a magnet the whole way down to him? Um, I made a joke that maybe we should use a shot put as uh, some shot to try to get it down to the bottom <laughs> of him. That's kind of what I was saying. It maybe was if you bad. run that magnet down and just jig it and that. They I didn't w- have any Joe's flies. I should have had more power bait, but I mean, he just seemed like he knew what he was doing, and you know, even getting him out there, like, man, I has has he g- tried to get out on the boat or on the raft at all? Oh yeah, with, I've, I've taken I took him out on the boat a couple times last year, and uh, he always wants to for me to allow him to jump off the boat for some reason. Which you know what? Go ahead and have at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're light enough. I could just grab, reach over to the side of the boat, grab you, hoist you right back up into it, but. Yeah, as long as he's wearing a life vest, good to go. But uh, as far as, like, you know, going off and casting, I don't have to worry about, you know, taking out any tangles or anything for him anymore. So that's a big plus for me. 
And uh, now I'm like starting to watch and witness like him become his own man. Like I'm sure you've seen the other day, he wanders off by himself and he goes and he'll keep fishing a different stretch. It's not like he's going to stand there and keep fishing what you told him to start fishing. He'll move around and adapt on his own, which that's pretty cool. How old is he? 13? Uh, 11. 11. Yeah, that's that's the point where you're getting there. Like I know with, with Riley, uh, just the, like last year and this this year, I think even more since she's, she asked me the other day, she's like, can we go boating more? I'm like, oh, absolutely. You know, your mom goes, she goes, likes to go. She can't go this weekend coming up. But I don't, I think Sunday I might take her and my dad out maybe and uh, get him out on the raft. And hopefully she can start to learn. To, it's hard for a kid to cast while the boat's moving, you know. Yeah, I bet. You know, and in places can get a little, you know, herky-jerky and a little scary, you know, when you're in a raft. And But if if we can get her casting out of the boat, I think, would be this year, and that'll be real fun. Because awesome. you could cast when the boat's moving. It makes it so much easier. Then I don't have to I think stop. it's easier for the kid in the back of the boat to cast down. Into the back of my head? <laughs> I'm watching. I have no, to watch because this they're... I understand, though. Yeah, because they're down in front of you. But that allows a lot of room for then that kind of... That Lure to come back down through the boat. I like that uh, that section, the upper section that we float uh, with with her, because you get those couple pools. Mm-hmm. You know the ones mm-hmm. behind them do mm-hmm. some, them people's houses, and yep. all them fish always pull up in there. Yep, and that's slow water there and too. It's easy yeah, to fish, and you can yep. and it pulls right down. Right, you know, if you swing it right down through the bottom end of that, you're always going to see a few good fish. So. That place is going to be a zoo on Sunday, though. Yeah, until you get down from everybody. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Away from everybody. I'm not going to float it. On Sunday, oh, once you get it down from the... You're going to float it Sunday? Yeah. Once you get down from the bridge, you'll be fine. Depending on the water. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's... if it's You're going to be raging. That's true. It's going to yeah. be an inch and a half Depends. rain Friday night. You know, <clears throat> loose plans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, we're talking about trout, but I mean, we are weeks away from the water being warm enough for the muskie to move into where we can start catching better muskie. Oh, yeah. I'm betting better they're going to be there. Soon. Real Very. soon. Very. I'm so excited. I'm yeah, so excited. me too. Yeah, once it's the water comes down, it'll be nice to fish everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And smallmouth are coming up. I'm I'm jazzed. Look, we talked about this what, last week. Love catching smallmouth. It's a blast. Yeah. I, uh, I just booked a trip with um, Schultz. Schultz and them. May, beginning of May, beginning of May. So Mark and I are going to take the journey over and sit in Dan Bennett's boat and let him row for us for money. Hell yeah, that's what's <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, it's a, he, he, well, he reached out to me, which this is a, this is an aside, but as a guide, awesome move, right? Like if you've had somebody on your boat in the last year or two, just that text message. Be like, hey, man, my calendar's filling up. I'd love to get you on the boat again this year. What do you think? Like, I wasn't even thinking about it. And he sent me that text, and I was like, you know what? As a businessman, that I respect that move. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah. So he emailed me his calendar. I picked a day, and, I mean, that's, that's all it took. I mean, it's not like I hate having to fly, fly fish Michigan for smallmouth, but... Yeah, so you told me that. sounds I horrible. Like, oh, I can sit in the back of the boat and just pretty much chill. Cat, did, oh. did that salesman get you with a buzz bait or a rapella? Uh, neither. He's a fly guy. Oh, that's even better. Oh yeah. No, he does a lot of gear too. I think in the salt maybe. In the salt, yeah, salt, yeah, yeah. But I think Michigan, he's mostly fly. Is like he? when cool. I went up, when I went up there, 
it was, I went there, what was it, two years ago with my brother? Two years ago, yeah. Not last summer, but the summer before. And, I mean, he had that clack of headhunter, too, and every rod in that boat was one of those uh, new Loomis, the new Schultz Loomis. Mm-hmm. And they I were, told you what I'm going to be doing. Fancy. They were nice. Fancy. Yeah. That time of the year, it is pike time there. Yeah. I'm going to sit right in the back of the boat, and I'm going to chuck pike flies with that two-piece eight-weight. Absolutely. And not have it in the back of my mind that, like, oh, if I catch a pike, I could have been catching a muskie. Right. Because that's even a bad thing. Like, even, like, when you go to catch pike around here, I love catching pike. But I really like to do it, like, last before the evening, last couple hours. If I take a day to do it, then the whole time in the back of my mind, all I'm thinking is I should have been muskie fishing. Right. Especially Especially if there's, like, a good bite window. That's, like, a day where, like, I can literally just, like, boom, mine's cleared. I can focus on just pike fishing and doing that. And I'm like, oh, that's true. You sit in the front and smoke the smallies, and I'll just I'll pick up the pike behind you. Sounds great to me, man. Sounds terrible. God, you guys. I yeah, hate it's, that. it's gonna sounds be rough. terrible. Oh, so rough. And it's and it's Michigan. No, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and it's Good Michigan. There, yeah. there are positive other positive yes. things to Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> other reasons that oh, other sure. reasons than smallmouth I drive to Michigan for. And sure, I get sure. a I I get a free nights at the Firekeepers. Which is the hotel and casino right there? Oh, nice. Oh, there you go. So, uh, guess how many times I've been to a casino? I would imagine zero. Oh, I got you there once. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Years ago, the wife anniversary. One time. Awesome. <laughs> I'll <laughs> move it up in the world. Sounds like your kind of place, Mark. My oh, first. Uh, can I? Can I? Is there a place I could set up my uh, fly tying desk <laughs> yeah. over here or my fly tying kit? <laughs> Uh, you got a table? I just, I'm just going to put this vice right on here. Right next to the roulette or something? Yeah, you're just leaving feathers everywhere all over the all over the card tables. Oh, I did that when we went to Kalahari. I filled that room full of feathers. My they went down, played in the pool. I sat there and died flies. <laughs> <laughs> My first time at a casino was quite the story. Uh, when I, w- I was in college, I just, I had, uh, yeah, I was, I was 21, maybe 22. Hadn't been to a casino, and... Uh, I was working at Lowe's. I worked the night shift, and I spent that whole night until like 11 o'clock running the forklift stock and the shelves back up with uh, all the lumber. And uh, I get home, and there's a raging house party at our house. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I go to my buddy Schlepp, and I'm like, Schlepp, can I, uh, can I just go sleep in your car? Is that cool? He's like, yeah. So we slept in the back. I fell asleep in the back seat of his car. The next day, I woke up. I pick my head up, I look around, I'm like, where the fuck am I? I am in a dirt parking lot. I look around, and all I see is a big sign that says Wheeling Downs. (laughs) Apparently, uh, they got a bug up their ass at like 1 a.m. to drive from IUP to Wheeling Downs, and they couldn't wake me up. Uh, So like, all right, he's coming. <laughs> so oh, I woke, I woke up man. in the parking lot of Wheeling Downs Casino. That's great. <laughs> and I walk in there still in my work gear, right? Like I reek like treated lumber. And walk in, and that was my first time in a casino. And I'd like to finish the story with like, yeah, I won 100 bucks. I won absolutely nothing. Uh and I missed that day of work, but they were nice enough to call me off. They called <laughs> Lowe's that morning and they're like, yeah, Chris isn't going to make it today. He's still asleep in the back of my car. And we're in a different state. Oh, man. Those were always the good old days when it didn't matter if you missed work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How was was that when you went back to work? 
<laughs> fine. I worked with a bunch of really cool dudes, and uh, luckily, our uh, so the supervisor over that area was a tank commander in the army, in the army reserves. He was at drill those two weeks, so I was not in trouble. You can tell uh, Chris missed uh, last week's podcast due to being hungover. Ooh. He's, he, he's, he's, I didn't tell the story last li- week, did no, I? He, no, he's a, no, he's <laughs> alive. He's, you're a lot more lively this week. <laughs> uh, was... A lot more talkative. I love that, Chris. Now, uh, you need, we, well, Chris is like, wait, did I tell the at story? Least, at, least, yeah. at, least, at least Chad was here last week to be a good fill-in for that all the liveliness. That was a good show last week. Oh, yeah. Having our great friend Chad around is always a great, great time. Uh, he, I told him he could take Jim's chair whenever the hell he wants to. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was good to have him back. <laughs> Look at Jim. He's like, first my mustache, now my chair. Yeah, What's geez. next, guys? What you know, mustache? Hey, I'll take the hazing whenever I can get it. You know? Mr. Mustachio. <laughs> my Dale Earn, my Dale Earnhardt Sr. mustache. I don't know that that's a mustache. You, you know, no, you not the one. Not <laughs> this has right anybody now. ever told not you? Not this right now. You kind of do look like Junior a little bit. Praise hell, praise Dale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being first or last. Mm-hmm. I was always a, I was always a more of a Jeff Gordon fan, but everybody always hated me for that. I I, I think in my good, entire life, he was definitely life, a hated one. Oh I've yeah, never watched a full race in NASCAR. No, never. I'm the same man. I you can't know? do it. I can't. I can't. Well, I, mean, I, can't I went through a phase a for a good like five years, and of all thing of college, for like last two years of college and a few years after I got into it, and I don't know why. My dad used to race Formula One when he was in Japan. He raced for Honda. Uh, I mean, not on the big circuit, but those those cars. So growing up, that was his thing. Like we'd go to Mid Ohio every year to watch the open yeah. wheel races. Yeah, Mid Ohio is cool. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that was so I grew that. up watching Formula One and yeah. uh, the American version. I don't remember the name of it, but I just I fell out of racing okay. entirely. Yeah, ours was all like dirt tracks. My uncle did that, and E Mod, and Grandpa was working on them. So kind of grew up watching racing and was familiar with it. I've been to Michigan twice. Uh, nice. Raceway, nice. Watched, watched you know, Kid, Kid Rock Je- and who else? Watched Jeff Gordon. <laughs> no, I watched. It was sweet. The one time I wa- I went one year I went. It was Jeff Gordon and uh, Earnhardt Jr. Man battling it out, and Jeff uh, Earnhardt Jr. had this like cream colored Budweiser uh, car for some reason. You know, just an off color, not just the regular red one. And it was it was just a great time. Uh, you know, you could take. And I was older. My dad took me both times. You take a whole case of beer. In oh yeah, you could. Yeah, you as, as like. Well, as long as 18, you fit it under as, your seat as, or yeah, something. Yeah, as long as you could fit it under your seat in a little cooler, and we take them soft coolers, it fit right underneath your seat. You could just reach your hand into the top. Eighteen beers I fit in mine. Nice. Yeah. I walked out and I, you know, I must have had six, maybe six, four beers. I don't know. Somewhere around there, <laughs> enough enough to take a hundred and fifty pound man to staggering almost all the way down. The steps <laughs> <laughs> with, with the cooler on his shoulder. So, and you were probably was, in good company. Oh yeah, my dad and my uncles, and so it was always a good time. And uh, but oh, just walking across even into the places, you know, just staying out and camping out there. Everybody's so cool. It's such a good time. I heard you're them just, things are just absolute blasts. Oh, yeah, it's I hear just it's fun. A, oh yeah. my gosh, you're just walking past just people with all these flags flying. Well, you know, every race car driver, American flag, whatever. People, you could walk past. Hey, come on in, have this. Hey, have a shot of this. Hey, what are you doing? You know, you got a cooler full of fucking beers with you. You know, it was just a blast both times I've went. And I can't sit and watch a whole race on TV. 
and I don't, I don't it's, really follow it. It's got to be fun right. in person, though, isn't it? It's a lot of fun in I person, bet. though. Yeah, I mean, going to a, a race. A lot of yeah. speed. You, I'm sure when you can like feel the car whenever it's oh, taking turns, yeah. you feel that in your chest. You don't get to experience. I mean, I've that seen like drag racing and stuff like that live, and I mean, even that's a rush. But I mean, seeing them cars at that speed's got to be something different. Yeah, we got really good seats. The one time from a manager, I was working at Red Lobster. Manager, her and her husband had tickets, four of them. So, sure. Nice. We'll buy them off you, you know, and they were great. They were perfect. Nice. Yeah, I got Joe Montana's autograph at a a race. Did you? Yeah, he used to own part of one of the teams. And we were walking by. And (laughs) funny thing is, my brother had just found a $100 bill on the ground. Right? And I'm like, Fuck. Nothing good ever happens to me. And I'm, I don't know, how old were we, like 17 and he was 14? And we're walking by, and I was a huge Joe Montana fan growing up. Sat and had dinner by him and never knew it was him? That wasn't Joe Montana. (laughs) 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 And uh, and I was like, holy shit, that's Joe Montana. And I I walked up, and I mean, he wasn't surrounded by anybody. He was just walking. And I'm like, could I have an autograph? And he's like, Absolutely. Super nice guy, super friendly. Nice. Got an autograph on a, a program. Walked away. Do you still huh. have the program? I do. Where is it at? My house. Which beep me Dude, I got to tell you, Joe Montana's autograph is not worth anything now. I have the Joe Montana rookie card, which I like, just want back to, in the football I just card know day. Where you have it is. That's because Tom like, Brady has all those records, dude. If we, your room if you just sold, if we just sold cards, like I'm still sitting on. I, I don't know what it is. It's somewhere close to 80000 If I just sold them like when they were in their prime, oh, it was ridiculous. It was like twenty five to pushing $30,000. Now it's worth like... 15, 20 bucks. Yeah, less than less than 1000 bucks. Yeah, a Joe Montana rookie card used to sell for $400. Today you might get 18 bucks for it. Yeah, like Jerry Rice rookie, got a couple of them. In his prime, that car was going for like two twenty. All right, yeah, we're, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna start. Uh, we're we're about thirty-seven like, yep. minutes. We're talking about <laughs> cards. Uh, we really want. I know, through. I know. It's all right. You Would know. you like to talk about Magic the Gathering? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Nor Pokemon, for that matter. That was a little. Out of, uh, Pokemon hey, might have been hey, right in hey, your heyday. Hey, don't talk shit. Yeah, Jay, that was. That now, was, no, that's gonna be gyms. You, you get the Teletubbies. Jay's all in. Oh, t- oh. Well, no, I wasn't. A, no, no yeah, I, dude. Yeah. Just as an aside, I had so there's a Magic oh, card Christ. called the Black Lotus. I had it. It sells for a quarter million dollars now. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I sold all of my magic cards when I went to college for the down payment for a truck. Dog, I I, <laughs> I traded a first edition Never played Charizard magic. card way back in the day. Yeah. Knowing what it's worth now, oh my god. If I could go back in time, I would probably choke myself out. Yeah, all these people talk about I'd go back and I'd invest in Amazon. I'd Fuck that. Yeah, no. I'd buy like packs of magic cards <laughs> and all those old ones. All right. Sorry, Jay. We, Jay's we, like, come we, out. <laughs> this is Jay, it. I'm done. <laughs> Jay took his headphones off, his hat off. Dude has ejected. Uh, I quit. <laughs> Chad screwed me last week. I can't keep this thing on the rails. I'm going to go to, oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind. All right. Back to your table of contents. I just want to talk about our airing of grievances for about 10, 15 minutes. And you just wanted to cut it like five seconds ago. No, that we did we air our grievances? Did we tell everybody how much we hated fucking Mother Nature? Are we still just running off the rails? No, uh, you. we talked a little bit about Mother Nature. 
Uh, Mark had an airing of grievances. Yeah, yes. I'm going to back off on well, that. Not on that one. Uh, you said you had a different one, right? You hate, well, Mark hates everything. He already said what how much you hate trout fishing. <laughs> You're good. You already said how much you hate trout fishing. You're I right. have an airing of grievances. Go ahead. Karen's. Oh, there you go. Let's hear this area. That's that's a good one. We'll go here, and then we're going to take a break. Yeah. So uh, everybody listening, I assume you know what a Karen is. Uh, I'd always watch those videos, and I laugh my ass off. I love them. My daughter so, tells us about, she's like, that. that's a Karen. Yeah. You know, like, we, everybody, like, nobody likes a Karen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is my nine-year-old daughter, you know, boys. And so I watch it never thinking it's going to happen to me, right? Well, yesterday... My wife got Karen'd, and it was it was not good. So uh, instead of fishing because uh, 100 mile an hour winds, 25 feet of rain, we went to Costco. Uh, took the kids, went down. Uh, they had brisket for 350, prime brisket, 350 a pound. Uh, so bought a couple of those. So we're leaving, and the wind is ridiculous. So I'm in. The kids get in the car. My and I'm in the back back of the SUV loading it up because you know you don't get bags at Costco. You just get all your shit in your cart, and you have to put it in boxes. And we put it in the Yeti and everything. So she opens the door as far as it'll open to strap in my three year old. Gust of wind comes by, blows the door, and you know there's that inch of play when when the wind when you when you push a door that's already locked out. Well, that inch of play blew the door into another lady's door and dinged it. I didn't know. I was in the back. Apparently, the woman was still in her car, and it was was an older VW SUV. It It wasn't nice. She walks around the car, approaches, comes around, and before she gets to the back of her, now this is told from my wife, comes around the back of the car and yells at Claire and says, do you know your door just hit my car? And my wife, and I heard my wife go, oh, I'm sorry. It was, uh, it was the wind. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. And then this woman had to teach my wife a lesson about life. So she's yelling at her and saying, that ding wasn't there when we got here. There's no way it was here. I heard it hit the door. And, Claire, and my wife goes, that was a good Karen voice, man. Thank you. And my wife says, yeah, okay, uh, I get it. I'm not, I'm not denying that my door hit your door. I was closer. I also heard it. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. And then she's, oh, I need your insurance information. Someone's going to pay for this, and it's not going to be me. So my wife comes to the back of the car, and she goes, hey, uh, we have a problem. And I was like, what's that? She goes, uh, the, we, we, my door dinged the car beside us, and she wants my insurance information. And I went, okay, give it to her. I had no idea this lady was being uh, a Karen. So I'm still back there loading, loading everything up. And then this lady is still yelling at my wife. Maybe if you were more careful with those kids and you got them strapped in and you were watching what you were doing, maybe it wouldn't have dinged my door. This car isn't even paid off yet. I might even think about trading it in, but now who's going to pay for this? So she's yelling at my wife and that's my ears perk up. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> Something bad's happening. So I start to turn the corner, and the lady my, goes, "My spidey senses are fucking tingling." Mm-hmm. And the lady goes, "Well, I need your phone number." And my wife goes, "Why the fuck would I give you my phone number?" <laughs> and that's when Does I. Does your wife often use the f word? Yes. 
She is a co- she's a potty uh, mouth woman. Oh, she drops the C bomb all the time. Oh, awesome, awesome! Yeah. What she, a wonderful woman. She's good people. Oh, good. Uh, so that's when I come around the corner and I was like, uh oh, uh, she drops the the F bomb a lot, but not usually to strangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, only to you. So the lady's like, well, and she calls you a sea bag all the time. She says, "Well, I I need it." Claire goes, uh, "I'm not going to give it to you, at all." Lady's like, "Well, we're going to have to call the police then." And that's when I was like, "Okay, do it." She's like, huh. and "Just now seeing me, I guess." And she says, "Well, she won't give me her phone number. Like I'm a fucking referee. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm going to take sides here, lady, and it's against you." So she's still yelling at Claire, and I tell Claire, "I'm like, Claire, just get in the car." And she's like, "I can't. She's in my fucking way." And I was like. Come over here, lady, and we're going to finish this. She's like, well, I need her phone number. I was like, actually, you don't. <clears throat> so, okay, being a cop for 10 years, in that situation, do you automatically kind of pop back into cop mode? I 100% did. That's why, And I, I got scolded later on because when I told Claire to get into the car, I didn't say, hey, babe, why don't you just get back in the car? I went, get back in your car. and i didn't realize i had done it like that (laughs) don't you ever talk to me like a cop unless we're in bed (laughs) that's right get get back in your car do it and do it now so i'm like actually ma'am uh you don't need her phone number you don't need my phone number the only phone number you need is on that insurance card which you refuse to give back to my wife so i will take that call the number on the card the insurance company will square you away we never have to talk again, and I'm looking forward to that. She's like, well, so what do I do? And I'm like, oh, my God. She's like, how do I contact you guys? You don't, you don't need to, lady. Give me the insurance card, which she handed to me. And I said, everything, everything will be taken care of. Just call the number. We'll get it squared away. We're not denying we did anything wrong. Just please go. So she's just standing there. I'm like, what are you waiting for? She goes, well, what if police come? And I said, did you call the police? She goes, no. And I said, well, then they're not coming. Why, why would they come to the Costco parking lot and be like, oh, look, two ladies are disagreeing. I should stop and deal with this. Not happening. So the lady goes, well, I'm not trying to be a bitch, but, you know, it's my car. And I was like, you are really bad at not trying to be a bitch because you've succeeded at being a bitch. I was like, Let's, you're just going to go shop. We're going to leave. Call the insurance company. Goodbye. There's not a cop in the world that wants anything to have to do with a pregnant woman and a Karen. Honestly, I, I hope. Cop she... would be like, oh, I'm just going. I'm just yeah, going to keep I'm driving. Leaving. I'm driving. I'm just going to keep driving. The cop would say, did you do it? And my wife would go, yes. Yeah. Did you give her your insurance information? Yeah. Yes. Why am I here? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Cut and dry. Cut so, and dry. So my grievance is against, and it's not necessarily Karen's. But people no, it's that against Karen's. It's, it's definitely against Karen's. But people that think that they need to teach somebody a lesson that doesn't need to be taught. Right? Like she just wanted to yell at my wife because her door was dinged. And my, I mean, my wife was upset because she's a proud woman and she doesn't like to be yelled at and she doesn't like to yell at strangers. And then she was really upset. 
that she allowed a woman to yell at her in front of the kids. And I was like, no, 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 we make this a learning opportunity about bullying and how you deal with bullies. And if they tell you to do something, you don't have to do it. So she demanded the phone number. You said no. You didn't quite say no, but I prefer the way you said it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we can we can turn this into a, a learning opportunity for the boys. But she was she was torqued for like an hour, like oh, I'm sure torqued. My wife's the type that's very you know she's more a little more quiet, reserved, and I'm the type that you know will absolutely lose my ever loving mind. Yeah, <laughs> you and know, and she would have she would have rather me just just stay in the car, Jason, just stay in the car. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. <laughs> just don't don't come out here. And and, and I I, Mar- I know Mark's I, I know Mark's way. Mark's about the same way I, I am. Mark and care. I are about the same exact kind of way. I don't care who you are. You're gonna get it. You're gonna. I'm gonna tell you. Period. I might just be. I'm I'm gonna lose it. I just wanted. The situation to be over. Sure, yeah, I bet you did. You're like, like I want to go home with my kids right now. Yeah, and so I, I immediately went back to cop mode. Cop mode. And, and, and personally, I wanted, I wanted to smoke this woman. I wanted to <laughs> verbally tear her down until she sat Indian style in the parking lot, bawling her eyes out. <laughs> if I, if I face right now, lady. Former but, cop wanting to smoke somebody? I don't know. But by smoke, I mean tear down, verbally berate. Sure, 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 yeah. 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 M- make her cry. Sure, But yeah. that wasn't going to achieve anything. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to go. I just wanted to leave. And I wanted to revel in the fact that we had our own Karen experience. Tragically, it was at the expense of my wife. Well, on the end of uh, your Karen experience here, we're going to take a break, go uh, relieve our minds, and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, and we're back. We're going to do some uh, listener... The listener topic segment. Uh, <coughs> it was. What was that? Um. Um. Did I say um? Got oh, one. Sorry. One. All right. So we're <laughs> with, we're back with the listener topic <laughs> segment. No ums. Uh, uh, hey, thanks for the our our couple friends because our our listeners are our friends. Absolutely. They they really are. And uh, thanks to our friends <coughs> for giving us some stuff to talk about. Well, Dan, we've got to see for years at the Beast. Zach's, oh, absolutely. Zach's yeah. even came down in from Michigan on his way through and stopped by and sat in for a show, and he's been in-house. And yeah, <laughs> live and in person. I don't know why and I thought... Sent some great ins- the, and uh, Zach has sent some great flies, and he is a good mm, tire. He sends a lot of flies. Yeah, yeah. It, um, and I've used them to catch hey, great big fish. Since almost everything else has been handed over... We may need to get the box handed over here, Chad. Oh, I've had the box for the last year and a half. You oh, no kidding? Sneaky it's, no, it's it's been it's in, been in my <laughs> possession for a long, long, okay. long time. Well, sorry, Chad. No, it's it's it sits on my boat. Sometimes I don't even take my fly box. I just take it. I don't blame you. That box is packed with a lot of good there flies a from a lot, lot of a lot, lot, lot of lot of lot of good friends of ours. And uh, so, hey, this is the segment. If uh, anybody else. Uh, in the next month, because this will be like a monthly segment, uh, wants to send us some more topics or things they want to listen to us talk about, hey, let's make it happen. Um, our Facebook page is a great place, and that's where this started, uh, is a great place to do that, or Instagram, or uh, I will be <laughs> we'll be figuring out a, 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 a <laughs> Gmail of some sort. I don't know if I want to give out mine on there or not yet. I might be in this. Just go through it there. Just don't send me a bunch of junk, fellas. Please be nice to me. 
Which means sends him a bunch of junk. <laughs> <laughs> Nose um, picks. Mm-hmm. But okay, we're gonna start with uh, <laughs> one of one of Dan's uh, um, topics: uh, eyes or no eyes on a fly, and does it matter? And um, th- this isn't gonna be. And we talked about this a little bit before. This isn't gonna be a ask Mark about you know how to tie flies segment. This is gonna be group. All of us are all of us are gonna talk about what we're what we're the the topics here. I don't have much to say about it other than if they're unweighted, they're unnecessary. In salt water, I believe there is a you know some sort of need for it. I I think there can be. Concur. Uh, musky wise, that don't matter. I mean I tied Jim that bulkhead, he never moved the fish on it, the eyes blew off of it, he smacked it off of whatever. He's caught three fish on it. Had five in on it since without eyes. Without the eyes. Without yeah. the okay. eyes on it. Because once it has not wide eye on it, I'll either I'll just usually cut it off and put a fly on it that has two eyes on it. Oh, I ain't worried because about it. Because I have eyes. like you know three or four. Even on like my feather changer, yeah. like small changers and stuff, I'm not worried about them at all. Uh, well, I, I, don't, don't, I usually don't put eyes on the feather changers too much. Well, I'm not even talking like the regular, like the white ones and stuff like that. They don't even like the. Um, Synthetic, what mm-hmm. ha- you know, trim down. I don't even worry about them on them anymore. The because the most of them I blow them off. I throw it hoy into the bank and smack them off a rock, and then they're blown off in twenty minutes anyway. Once that one loses an eye, it's dead. Yeah, crap. If you use them uh, tie-in eyes, what am I trying to think of the name of them? But the stab eyes. Yeah, they're like a bucket p- a pair. Yeah, I gotta sit and blow them off in three casts. <clears throat> I would say probably, now here's the thing. If you were fishing, like, you know, super clear water, I could see eyes making a difference on a bait. Just, sure. Just from, that, just from that perspective alone, just because super clear, I mean, if you're pulling through it, I mean, chances are the water is going to be slow. I mean, maybe just that little bit, you know, they know where the head's at might give you a little bit of difference. I can see clear water maybe make a difference, but other than that. But the other side of it is, too, is if you're fishing water that clear, he's going to notice eyes. He's going to notice your boat. So the speed of that yeah, fly is going to have to be going fast enough that he doesn't notice any of that. And I don't – I mean, if you like them and they give you more confidence, fish with them because I've caught fish with them. I've caught fish without them. I think it's six and one-half dozen. Does it work? Yeah. Does it not work? It doesn't – I don't think uh, – yeah. I mean, if – if the fly is supposed to, I, I use them as necessary. Minnows and stuff like that, yeah, because that's what weights the head by building that in there, by doing that. That completes the fly. Does it make a difference in the fly? Absolutely it does. If it didn't have eyes and you build it in a different way, would it fish to lead it? Probably, but the eyes make that fly out. Yeah, If putting uh, eyes on your flies makes you fish it more confidently, do it. But in my opinion... Uh, like like Mark said, like I lose my eyes on flies w- within an hour. Of throwing that first fly, I've lost the eyes off of it. It's either hit the cowl of my motor, it's hit a rock, it's hit my trolling motor. Uh, so I I don't worry about them. I I will fish f- flies with eyes, but as they come off, I I don't sweat about it one bit. No, I was just joking, playing devil's advocate for a little bit. I mean, when that, that fly, you know, it's a game changer I tied not too too long ago, but it's going to get fished here within the next month or so pretty heavily. When it, No, it'll get fished until I lose it, more or less. I right. mean, usually my flies just stay on, and it's the one until it's not the one anymore, and it's broken. And no, I tie you're the one. better, man. 
Yeah, Jim may as well leave all them flies he got. Yeah, Just I leave them on the table. I no, don't need you don't need them. Just until you lose that white bulkhead, you're, you're good. Oh, oh you got to have the one. Well, I'm hoping the black bulkhead maybe makes me switch up the fly mm-hmm. a little bit. And that is, you know, if we're going to get off subject here, but mm-hmm. that is how I prefer myself to accent flies. So like Jim said, I want a black and red bulkhead. If you want a black and red, what I'm going to do is I'm probably only going to put red under the throat if I am going to use it. I want to take black and accent it with everything else red so that that black is the base and that red stands out in it. So then as that flies moving in the water, that looks like scales and everything going in it, where the rest of it kind of just looks like a separation in it, which is six. It's fine. Yeah. Nothing wrong. I like that because that the me as that fly is moving looks like there is always something in that body moving. So the fly is black or the whole body of it is black bucktail. But it's red feathers, it's red flash, red guinea, red feathers on the side. So everything else is red in it to kind of accent it. Yeah, it looks awesome. And like we talked about with Bam weeks ago, uh, and I couldn't agree more with him. I think it's all about contrast. Mm -hmm. That's why you and I talked today about a pink and a black fly that that I'd like a couple of Mm -hmm. is... That'll be Even good contrast. Pink. I love pink. Oh, jeez. I have no scientific to scientific reason to love pink, but I've caught from, a lot of smallmouth on from pink. What oh, I've caught more smallmouth on pink than I have any other color. From what I understand and what I've gathered, at a depth, pink blends like red and everything else does. Mm-hmm. I like pink and chartreuse. Like. The mixture of pink and chartreuse, like chartreuse body with the pink head. I think it's great for that looks a great first first for and, hot, for and small mouth too. Oh yeah, that's a good yeah. small oh, mouth yeah. cover. 100%. You know, 100%. Uh, and I, I haven't done enough research. Them, you know, I don't. You don't put eyes on hollow flies. You know, and they all. I don't know. It does really doesn't matter. You know you what though? You do, anything. and a lot of times, a lot of people do put tab eyes on hollow flies. And the tab eyes just rip right off. And even last time, with you know what I started doing with them, is I tie them in facing out past the hook eye, and then I fold them back, and then I put a dab of UV around it. So that they, I mean, there's no way that you're coming off there. But then the problem is, is you usually get a pinch point, which then stuffs the front of the fly together. And, and I had this conversation with Borsky about these... These tube flies that he tied for sailfish and marlin has to have eyes. Oh, 100%. Has to. Salt water. That yeah, fish so, are yeah. going has, off of has wood. To have, and he's got, a, he's got a pretty serious technique for using it. He uses 30-minute epoxy and then spins them mm-hmm. as, as it dries. Dryer, yeah. And then he does it again. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple thin coats so that it doesn't yellow. And he, 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 he uses JB Weld. JB Weld oh, wow. thirty minute epoxy, mm-hmm. and he he said I don't care what brand it is, but JB Weld has the best cap. And it I went does have the best right cap. on. <laughs> it goes in sideways, locks yep. straight down, and then spins exactly so that they don't get stuck. Because the one side, like the Gorilla one I had, because I use a I was just putting uh, risers in my desk for my um, fly mounts. I'm not using C clamps or pedestals anymore. They're just straight going right into the desk. And I was using the JB Welt, and it was so much nicer. Yeah, it's good I stuff. I really liked it. What's All the right, next one, well, the next one. Good question. And uh, this will, you know, we'll talk about this a little more. Uh, tips for setting or getting a uniform uh, buck uh, Buford head. And uh, I'll, I'll start with this one, and Mark could tell me I'm wrong. Um, 
again, I usually go down toward the bottom of the bucktail, you know, because I'm not using any belly, li- belly or anything. You find like a nice hollow, hollow portion of bucktail, and something that looks like I feel like it will set a nice little collar as well, and you know, get a I I tend on the first time, and Mark ties top and bottom. Um, I try to do the same thing on mine, and uh, you're you're getting a good pinch of it. You know, I like a little heavier pinch on the first tie, and a little lighter on the first on the second tie. And uh, do the same thing that Mark will do. The second tie is going to be more of a spin, you know, over everything. You're going to spin your bucktail on there. I usually trim both ends uh, before I spin my bucktail on the second time around. And uh, there you go. Voila. And I trim I trim mine, <coughs> you know, to my liking. Yeah. I'm okay. not the person to ask. So I will go ahead and geek this the <laughs> full either. way. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. I'll geek it the full way out for you. Yeah. I used to Swipe. tie I used to tie with body hair. And the reason I got away from body hair is because a majority of it is such a hollow density that you take up so much room on the front of the hook that it tends to want a head bob on you. So I do I'll, I'll use either A the lower part of the bucktail and trim it down, or the back part of the bucktail. It's going to depend a lot, too, on the density of the bucktail. So if you have a nice, soft bucktail that you're able to work with, that's going to be your easiest Buford to work with. If you have something that's hollow and stiff, you're going to tend to want to go a little lighter and then flare the more front one with something that does have a little more hollowness to it because now you have a blocking front. So it's... As much as I can try to explain, and a lot of these questions, it was nice because I did get to read them beforehand. I have to go back myself and watch what I do because when I'm picking backs of bucktail, when I'm doing heads, I may have four, five, six tails in front of me. And if I pick something that I don't quite like, I'm matching something that in front of it to compensate for that piece. So now you got to think about the fact that if you're using it a little bit stiff, now it's got a blocking face to it. So now you want something in front of it that's going to kind of help that. So a lot of people want to say that, oh, if it flies, as long as it's kicking, it's doing what it's supposed to do. No, if it's hooking to the same way, there's a problem with it. A, it's in the head. B, you use really stiff fibers in the tail, and the tail's making it want to turn that way. By taking in having the heads themselves the right density, that fly is always going to want to kick, move back and forth. And if you do the short little pops, it'll kind of dance and then turn sideways, and it's not going to head bob on it. Head bobbing is the same way. That's where you get into, like, you can use too much body hair for it. So it's really a loaded question, but that kind of hits some of it. Trimming-wise, that's where, boy. Patent. No, it's not patent. I'm just trying to think how to explain, because a lot of that comes down to the fly itself, too, and feel. If you've got a little bit stiffer feathers, you know you're going to kneel a little bit more back there, but you also don't want to get too much that the fly head bobs because that really isn't good. The fly, if you're fishing like an intermediate line and it's head bobbing, you're fishing it too fast. It should be fished lower, or you should be fishing a sink three or a sink four or something to get it to go to that speed. That fly should always be riding at that same depth back and forth, and if anything, it should want to drop down almost level at a very slow speed so that you can control that depth to the depth you want it and fish it back and forth like a glide bait. It shouldn't want to keep riding back up to the top. 
then you're forcing it back down with the next cast. So you're never getting that action to really get stupid good like you want it to be. That all comes into if you if you do put too much hollow hair in the front, it can do that to you. <clears throat> so uh, I don't know. That went no, off the rails. No, no, you're you're fine. It's a hard question no, to is. answer no, directly. Know, you know, it, it, well, it is. Just just when I, I was just trying to explain how I like to put it onto the hook at least. You know, at that point Oh yeah, putting on the hook top, bottom, spin one in the front. Yeah. Make I sure mean, you tie it in there good. I yeah. found the easiest way is to hand mark money. Me too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of and I'm gonna be honest with you, a lot of this stuff <laughs> it is. It's like it's progressed over the years and I can look back and see like what has happened now. And a lot of it does come from the fact that I have the ability to tie multiple flies over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. When you're tying musky mm -hmm. flies, you don't have the need to do that for yourself, and it's tough. And a lot of these things I've felt and learned uh, by being able to do that. Sure. I mean, when I'm tying 15-plus flies a yeah. day. Repetition over repeti and over. And, over. And, and you see it. You know, It's at a point now where like I don't know what I'm doing because I feel it all. And I see these questions, I think about them, like, oh, what? And then I got to tie a fly and look at what I'm doing to actually realize it. And stuff like that, it gets into so many of it, it's, it's feel. And you understand where that head needs to be based off of the density of that fiber. And thicker heads, you work with a little different than you do with the softer heads. And you could expand them a little bit wider and go thinner when it's a stiffer head. So there's a lot of things you can kind of play into there depending. And not every fly I tie, it may look identical. But I can tell you they're not all exactly identical. They're going to swim the same, but you've got to manipulate things with different fibers to make it do that. And that's pay attention to when you're doing that head. Watch how that fly swims. Try it with three different lines. Try it with an intermediate. Try it with a sink three or four. Try it with a full sink and watch what it's doing. Take it back and trim it. And when you trim it, start by holding the hook face up and taking it down from there. Go right down to the hook point and just little by little by little by trimming that back and almost like a circle around there and just taking it down nice and easy. And if it's too much and it's head bobbing, just keep taking that down a little bit until that thing starts riding flush. And then you're going to notice, okay, with this. And I've had customers reach out to me on a few occasions and say, hey, this fly's got stiffer head fibers. It's wanting to head ride a little bit more. What do I do? And it doesn't ride the same as the other one did because of the head that I used on it. And it's stuff that's been, you know, called out because it, it does make a difference in it. And you're So as you do that, keep note of, okay, I used this. This fiber was stiff and it was hard. How does this fly go? Okay, here's what I did. Trim it back so that it rides flush with them lines that you're using. This is a softer fiber. I may not need to do this, you know, and, and kind of monitor that because it will. Every... You're going to have legitimately five, six, seven different types of fiber on a bucktail you're going to deal with. Speaking from somebody who's just, you know, a normal tying guy, I mean, I, you know, just I've tied a long time, but I'm, you know, not anywhere near like Marcus with the bucktail. And I'm, I'm decent at it, you know, and I've been, we've been tying for a long time, but. You speaking, do well with your yeah, Buford well, speaking, heads. Well, speaking, well, just being from mean, a, a normal guy. Just they're more than, it's more hair than, it's, it's more hair than I would use for the size of the fly. Sure, I I might have to trim those down. Well, like that was good where I was gonna kind of go with this. Like with my flies, if I'm gonna fill my box, you know what I mean, and I'm a guy that's just filling his own box of flies, uh, I'll go fish these flies. And if they act the way that you're saying, Mark, 
exactly what you were saying. I'll take them home, trim them more, or even like you told me, like, hey, take a take a pair of scissors out there with you and trim back a little bit here, there. Yeah, like you know, my get, Leatherman get have scissors on them, and that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and then when it starts swimming right on for you, boom, boom, boom okay. It just a little here or there. You just I haven't little micro. Again, I, I really hadn't tied a billion a well, bunch of anymore. Like yet, all of them that lately, I do, but there I know exactly at this point. Like everyone, what they should do. So I went back to like old flies I've been sitting in the box I haven't used because I didn't like how they were. It's like all right, well now I know what to do to fix these ones, mm-hmm. and then got them ones kind of like back in operation. So I ain't been sitting around for crap. What was that one day we were fishing? I pulled a fly. Where'd you get that? I'm like, well, I tied that thing like three years yeah. ago. It was sitting there. I haven't used it. I trimmed everything up. You're like, oh, that thing's pretty cool. You're always pulling out a fly that I'm like, oh, man, where'd you get this? And you're like, oh, I tied that thing, you know, a year and a half ago. <laughs> that one's sitting like, on a table. Ago. You're like, where yeah. does crayfish come from? Man, I tied that thing probably yeah. four years ago. It was sitting in the basement, and I was like, yeah, that's cool. Let's bring it over and throw it on a table. That gargantuan game changer that you got down there, I'm like, oh, man, where'd that come from? You're like, you've seen that one already. I tied that one forever ago. I tied that fly for that 48 I ended up catching, and I moved him on it. I saw him sitting off to the side and i threw at him with a couple different flies he didn't move and i was like you know what i'm gonna tie a gigantic fly go back there tomorrow and i moved him and he didn't eat and i went back like two days later and i got him on a little black fly nice so uh, hey our uh our next topic angles of bucktail when you reverse tie and why that's an interesting question and and for me, I was referred to Bob Popovic, and he'll probably have thirty-seven point eight 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 six four eight nine. Yeah, that was it. That was it. that was Give my number. Take. <laughs> Give exactly. or take. Exactly. That's what it is. It's thirty-eight point seven percent angle, and if dude, it has to be that angle. You know, you tie over <laughs> your bucktail, and you got to squeeze, and you get your, you know, get your square out, and thirty-eight point eight percent is the angle of the bucktail. On, on something that's going to look good like this, man. Mm-hmm. If you'd have kept the numbers straight, I'd have been closer to believing you. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. it up. I oh, it's 37 point. I should have wrote it down. I should have wrote should've. the number. I should have wrote the fucking number. You had a hell of a poker face, man. <laughs> you really did. It to you. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> Who the hell knows? I mean, honestly, All right, no. so let's put it this way. I guess the best way to answer that question is if it's a fly that I'm trying to get down and get the thing to swim quick, there's going to be softer fibers tied in and lighter. So you're going to have a little bit of a lower angle as you go thicker. Like, let's say I'm going to like something I'm going to fish on lakes with a bigger head. You're going to be putting more fiber in. It's going to puff out more. And that angle is going to go up higher. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, Closer to s- 60. Yeah, I guess so. You can say that. Closer to 60. Yep. So the more fiber you go, it's going to go up a little bit. But I'm not trying to lay it flat and I'm not trying to stand it up. I want kind of that taper to go in between. So that it does. It looks like the body of a fish. Because at the end of the day, you got to think about one thing. Looking at a straight line, the fly is going to move on one of two things. We've talked about this before. It's going to be something mm-hmm. at the front displacing water. It's going to be something at the ass end of it pushing it. So that head's there to do one thing, but the more you can help around that, the better action it's going to have. So the more you can push that head, whether it is a little more fiber as you go up or a little closer as you go up, that was a flare it a little wider. That was a great explanation. Right, yeah. Thank you. That, yeah. that really was. Oh <laughs> yeah, I Definitely. and I like even uh, with like the hollow style tying. Mm-hmm. I feel like as you you start with a sh- more straight back, you know, tie, and then you build a little more l- angle, 
and you go with a little more angle and a little more angle as you're building your fly to build a profile. And that's I feel like that's the kind of way, you know, where you build bucked out with, with a hollow style, not with reverse style, but, you know. Well, both of them are six and one. Yeah, I mean, it's the yeah, same. It's yeah. You're you doing the same you thing. The, you just build the profile and mm -hmm. build what you feel looks like a good profile in the fly. I mean, if you're going to take a fly and you're not going to put a head on it to displace the water around it, well, you got one of two options. You, A, are going to go more in the front, You're going to or B, you're going to go closer, and it's going to naturally flare itself wider because of the fact that you have more tail, so your pinch point, you can't get it down as much, or B, you're closer, so your last pinch point, where it's tied or glued off at, is riding up against it. Yeah. So it's going to have to. You just got to manage that point to and wear it. The closer you get to the eye, the closer you get to 90, but never really get to 90. No, never close. Sure. Yeah. <coughs> but the, so now I so shouldn't say that though too yeah. because if let's say you're doing like a beast or something big and you're tying very little fiber in, you're pushing upwards of probably in the upper seventies to eighty. Right. I bet you are. Yep. But on a musky fly, when you're tying them in like that, no. But that first that first bath is going to take that eighty mm -hmm. down to sixty. Yep. But you need that bath to do so. But and that's like that buck that bulkhead. That's bathed. I all of my bulkheads, all of my hollow flies, deceivers, anything but musky flies, are all soaked and hung to get that taper down yeah. to where it should oh, be. Oh, soaked and hung. Yeah, that's, and a, there, that's a big. That yeah, that's is, important. I mean, like on that fly there, there's absolutely straight back, reverse tie, reverse tie, bulk, bulk, bulk on that. And on the bottom, right. that bulkhead's forty-five. Yeah, bulkhead's probably forty-five. I mean, if yep. if, if you hold that flat and look at it. Yeah. That's 45. That's a mitered corner. And then, <laughs> and, and then on that right side, a little bit of glue got stuck in mitered there. Mitered so corner is usually 46, tight. but, you know, we'll, we'll get into these things later. But, uh, yeah. Oh, it, that it's was a <laughs> side. <laughs> that, that's about, yeah, you know, we'll call it, we'll call it, that's not quite 45. That puppy's keel Keel weighted and everything on that one. It's great. That sucker's that's a good look. It looks wonderful, Mark. Mm -hmm. It's a all-black fly. I don't even know. You can explain a little more, but uh, it's just a six-aught black bulkhead. But and I was describing the bulkhead mm -hmm. is is tied at a forty-five. The 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 fibers closest to the eye are tied at a forty-five. And now, like back in there further, I tied that fiber down to angle that down because my first three, the mm -hmm. angle that they were at, I was trying to press it closer, so I tied that down to get it. And then once you move forward above the bulkhead. I had to build a taper above the bulkhead to push that back so that it was, you know, riding the way that it should. It's the best fly I ever changed my mind. This is this is a <laughs> this is like yeah. a, this is one of those perfect. Uh, I was thinking about this today. Uh, a perfect small black fly, which we've talked about before in the podcast. It's not I don't a question. Even give that small though. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm that just saying. Is like, a, I'm saying that's after, a, after you, if you've moved a fish on that big ass I've orange seen, and white I've fly seen that he has there, in buckets smaller than that. I'm gonna tell oh, my wife. You. That's I get 10 you. Inches. I get you. I get you. Oh yeah. <laughs> and when we measure, when we measure things, we always measure from the. The bottom. I'm not saying it. Exactly. Just start telling her it's 125 millimeters. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna tell no, him this <laughs> is perfect. But no, this is a I mean a smaller black fly. Like if you moved a fish on a giant fly, they always say have a little small a smaller black fly in the bag to just, you know, throw out there and Yeah, and that would know, do it. Trace it. I like this. This is a perfect, perfect little small black fly. I think for your river fish, I I think that's the ideal size. 
I mean, hundred no. percent. Like changed my mind, and it has the no. perfect reverse style bucktail on it. This, I think you will catch the most Hold amount. On. Hold that up and, in front and, of the camera so people can, if they if they do, we, if we put this up there. And yes, I, I will not agree with, uh, don't disagree with the fact that yes, it probably is about that. But if you are trying to get to that upper echelon one, no, I think twelve to fourteen is kind of that perfect. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for that upper forties fish, if you're looking for that, you know. Good fish from forty five down all, all anytime. Yeah, that's that's a perfect size. Yeah, and that's, that, and that's you know, it's nothing wrong with that. But if you want that next step, boy, that even even this time of the year, twelve inch fly is is still gonna produce mid to low thirty inch. This is about the same size with with the feather tail as Rick's was. That oh this is this is bigger than that. That caught when Rick caught that no, that was one a of the beast. Oh, with the beast. Yeah, that was yeah. a single. Rick that was the same size. Yep. yep, about the same size. Yep. Yeah, I mean, singles and are that the was nice, nice fish. nice part about them is they're just, you can cast them all day long. You can cover water with them. Mm-hmm. They are. They're tough to beat. Yeah, I love them. Cast them all day, man. On a 10 weight. Oh, and easily. You know, I mean, you don't even know that's there on a 12. Mark, and you, you know, you're one hell of a tire of bucktail, but where did you go to, where did you read to learn how to tie with bucktail? Popovex. Exactly. If you need to turn, learn more or if you don't know, go out and get them books, read them. And oh, I've read that book. Yeah. In the double digits, I don't know. 15, 20 times I've been through that book. That's something, you know, that's a must-have. If you want to tie a bucktail, that's a must-have in your, uh, the arsenal. Um, All right. This is one kind of toward. Are you and I'm, both of us, I mean, I, I throw some pack tails that I get off of you. and. You know what? Hold on. Before we get on to that i'm gonna hit a touchy subject on bucktail all right go out there mark get out there there is something to be considered too because you have to take into consideration that a lot of the bucktail you are getting is burnt twice right it is denatured alcohol because you need to do volume so the fibers are already burned you're not having the center of it cured out like you would be borax and then they're burning it again when they dye it so you even if you're cooking at a low temp with a chem dye, you still got a chem dye, so you still got chemical involved. In order to get a dark color, and you're typically cooking that puppy at about 180 or above, so you're burning it twice. So a lot of them fibers are going to be significantly more hollowed out than what you may be otherwise used to. So I don't know where that's going, but that's something to take into consideration. A lot of the fibers you do get on purchased bucktails are going to be very hollow, and that's that's why. Yeah, that, that's, that's all. A, that's a that's a good point to bring up. I guess that's a disclaimer to think about when you're talking about all the bucktail stuff we just talked about, though, because it is. And I purchase a little bit because I don't want to dye certain colors. I just don't want to get into it, and it's it's not even close to the bucktail I tie, not even remotely. So if I didn't have to tie with it, I wouldn't, but I do. Yeah, and your your bucktails, it's beautiful. Awesome. Oh, it's really and good. It's, it's yeah. like that because <clears throat> I take the time, and it's it, I don't cut the bottoms off of it. I clean everything out of it well, but I hand blow dry them things twice to get them nice and fluffy the way that I want them, and they're boraxed for roughly five days. I pull that borax off and I reborax them again as soon as that turns color. So they're it's I do them the most time-consuming, expensive way you can do them. And it's not because I'm trying to sell them at this point. It's because I'm trying to make the best flies I can. 
and there's a significant difference in the quality of bucktail. Yeah, and I when get, you're when you're tying all day, you don't want to work with crap bucktail. It's or it's, or sub not even just crap, but not as good as what you like. It's to the point it ruins like my subconscious for the day. Like if I know going into it that I have to jack with bucktail that I'm not wanting to play with, like I literally just like it's no, it jacks with me because it is. It's a significant difference. Like I can take bucktail now, like that I die up to heat and hold it for a while, and it comes off, and it is still soft as all get out. I can definitely, I can contest that, man. Because like being over your house helping process them and everything, like compared to those tails, like being a new tire. So like for the four tails that I do have, I mm -hmm. got one that's maybe I would consider good compared to like some of the stuff that I've seen that we've done at your house. I mean, the other three, I mean, it's just, it's really, really short, and I agree with you. It's really hollow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you could tell, like, the texture of that bucktail, everything. It's so soft the whole way through, all of it. And it's, you still have good coarse fiber that, like, stands up nice and holds well, but it's soft to touch. And yeah. at this point, I go through it so quick anymore, I don't even wash them at the end. I knock the, I knock the borax off, start tied with it on. Or I go straight to the, I could tell you, it's probably been two months since I've dyed a batch of tails that have dried. All they're, right. They're they're literally dyed as I'm using them, and I need them. Nice. Go up, dye, boom. Okay, it's like, all right, well, I need orange. Go dye orange. Need dark brown. Go dye that. Dry them up nice. Keep right on rolling. Nice. So, I mean, they're as fresh as you're going to get them, but that makes a big difference. It really does. So, that, that leads us into our next question about uh, density. Are you changing the density of the fly itself when you're tying a Pacarini tail onto it? Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, because I accommodate for that drag in the tail. Mm -hmm. Depending on what you're saying, if you're using an XL dragon tail, yes. If you're using a fork tail or a paddle tail, no. Okay. You don't have to accommodate for them. Then we're just going to free flow back there, and they can, they're fine. Right, I've never seen them in, you know, affect an action on a fly. A large Pacarini tail typically won't once you get to a XL, XXL, or you get to the double tails, or you get to the big extra large wiggle tails, they will affect an action on it, and you will have to accommodate by making it denser, the head denser or something, you know, build it up a little bit more okay. to get that thing to kick back and forth. Yep, 100%. That's good. That was a good question from Zach. Yeah, that's a good one. That you yeah. don't you don't really think about very often. But yeah, as long as it's one of them ones, yeah, you definitely have to. you got to accommodate for it. Uh, another question, uh, about heads, heads on flies, UV heads versus Buford heads versus the, <laughs> these new disc things. Uh, you, you, you answer this. I'll get, I'll get the end on that. You guys go. Yeah. I, 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 I can tell you for me, it all depends on what I want that fly to do. Right. Like if I'm fishing the river, I'm not going to fish. A, if I'm fishing moving water, like hard moving water, I'm not fishing a Buford head. I'm not fishing that disc thing. I'm fishing uh, either a, not very rarely even a UV head. I'm gonna fish maybe maybe a bulkhead, but I like I like a slender minnow. I like a game changer. I like Mark's double minnow or a single minnow. Uh, the Optimus Swine, that's that's a good one. Something with a profile that's gonna cut through that current and still move in the current without trying to rise up and ruin ruin my retrieve. I like river pig too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I definitely oh, river pig. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. thinking that's, about that's like a jig. I'm thinking oh, about yeah, yeah, it's, well, it's a, well, it's just a good fly for Get in the river because now yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of soft bank there 
that has fish in it that you have to be down right now. Yeah. 100%. You know what I mean? That Dude, you can cut through. And last time we fished, when you were rowing, I was chucking that white river pig. That thing, the way that it kicks and swims back and forth on an intermediate line, for anybody fishing that, it is the easiest fly oh, there yeah, is you, to cast. Yeah, and, it's going to put you in an effective, an effective fishing mode. Like, I mean, that, that, that up and down. That just that and it's not even up and down. That's, that's where a lot of people are going to get confused. No, river this pig. is darting back and forth. Yeah. Now, if I change it's, my action and I went to a slower strip or a strip with a pop, then no, it's going to jig. But I'm just whacking this. You now, every, four, what, four to six inch strips? And, that's and the, it's just darting back and forth. That's the thing is everybody thinks, and not everybody, but a lot of the beginners and, and people newer into this or even, even more advanced guys are going to think because it's a big, heavy head, that thing's just going to jig. But if you, if you can get in some clear water and change up your retrieve, you can watch that fly do three different actions based on how you retrieve it. Like Mark said, that four to six inch strip is going to make it dart side to side. Slow strips, you're going to jig it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be looking at like what rip what too. depth is that fish going to be sitting at as I'm coming down? If we're going down a river and we're floating, am I fishing at that fish that's sitting under a log at three, four feet? If you're in a lake, what depth am I fishing at? Seven, eight, am I trying to get that to? Yep. How much time do I have to get it there? Do I have to get it in there within the next 10 feet? Do I have to let it sit? Do I, what I got to do? And that's kind of where the Buford, the minnow, the dumbbell lies is going to come into how much time do i have to get it to that depth to where that fish is the shorter amount of time i want something's going to down as fast as it can the longer it is the more current it is i want something quicker yeah my favorite river, river water uh where i am is a 10 foot i mean it <coughs> drops right off the bank to 10 feet so it's either a minnow or a game changer or ideally that river pig because it goes right down yeah right now yeah, that's uh, that's good for a lot of the moving water, and when you got to get down now, that's wonderful. You need you gotta a love you that. need a river pig in every color. Um, for me, and I've never ever, I'm a natural kind of guy. You know, I'm 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 Mark in this type of thing. You know, I'm I'm very similar to Mark. My flies looks very similar to Mark's. I, you know, uh, I would never put a disky thing in front of one of those. I would just probably pack more hair in it if i needed a bunch of foam up there right and i i, I probably pushes more water but I, I mean i personally don't understand the point and i know they work they probably push water yeah, i bet they push a ton I, of water i mean i bet it's you know and if you're gonna throw a 550 grain line with a big piece of cork in front of your bunch of deer hair you already have in there which is a goddamn cork in itself i i, I just i don't know i would just probably run more of like how Mark does it with a heavier river style, you know, head instead yeah. of a lighter head um, and just pack a little more deer hair, leave yourself a little more room at the end of the fly. Um, instead of the disc. Yeah. Instead of the disc for my personal self. Yeah. Um, I do don't you know. And like you said, and like we were just talking about in the last, you know, just the last 10 minutes, again, if I'm going to try to cut the water, I'm not going to put a Buford on there at all. Right, yeah, it's going to uh, be a uh, yeah. a lot of lot of options, especially you know that's that's something that we didn't get asked uh, about. But I like the options out there today, man. God damn, there are a million options for flies and a million options out there for different situation to try to solve the uh, the puzzle of catching the fish you're trying to 
catch it, whether on all on all fish, not just musky, on every fish all the way down, mm-hmm. you know. And I always go to the uh, the old faithfuls, usually, you know. Any Kelly Gal flies, any you know, you know your your Klaza. You know, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not opposed to synthetics. I'm not opposed to synthetic materials on the front and middle or back of a fly. Like I grew I grew up tying saltwater flies with almost all synthetics. I love the Pacarini tail. It's a synthetic, but I think when you can do the exact same thing with bucktail, uh, I think you should do it with bucktail instead of the disky thing. Yeah, Mark, anything about the disky thing? In front of the head, you're just going to pack more bucktail in there, aren't you? Yeah, I don't exactly know or understand the concept of it. I've never used one, but I've never seen the purpose of it. So that's why I've never used one. Yeah, me neither. I mean, yeah, I don't mind synthetics. I like synthetics. I just... Yeah. Yeah, I pack like, greeny tail. I like, ele- I like the elegance of <laughs> bucktail and what feathers do, but I probably do fish that more. I mean, I'm sure that the guys catch fish on it. I'm sure it works. Yeah, and, and the main reason I got into them is we were trying to tie... Very, very flimsy sand eels, right? That would that would still move in the water uh, and be small with a lot of flow. And, and, and in that, in the tide, the bucktail just didn't, because it was so short, it didn't flow as much as some of the synthetics would. And the, I mean, some of the sand eels we tied are maybe the thickness of a lead pencil and four inches long. And I've landed 38, 40-inch stripers on those little baby flies. It's awesome. But that's sight fishing. Absolutely sight fishing. You're not blind casting with those flies. You're just wasting your time. So um, next question is, we're going to get in a little more funny ones. I need somebody else's phone because mine's uh, running the camera right now to maybe log into our Facebook if we want any other Good questions that our friends have asked us, but uh, how Tankara, and I'm looking. I'm I'm going to go out here and say it. You, you might as well be, you know, shower showering with your daddy. You know what I mean? And yeah. I I don't uh you know I don't have the great southern accent of our friend from a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, that I I don't even know what Tankara is. If somebody wants to explain it to me, from what I understand, it is when you you are fishing with a buddy. <laughs> and in and in one hand you have a twelve foot pole with no it reel. Twelve, they're twelve foot. Twelve foot pole with no reel and just a little bit of line on it. And in your other hand mm-hmm. is somebody else's wiener. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. And even and even the better answer would have been a twelve uh, or a, a six inch pole. A six inch pole. A six inch pole. <laughs> In the other hand, and a twelve footer in one hand, a six inch pole in the other hand, and this is how things car works. And 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 I kind of imagine it being like, um, uh, what's that? Uh, uh, go uh, old school um, with Will Ferrell when he's doing the f- the floor routine. That's what I imagine can Tinkara <laughs> being like when you know he's he's waving around the wand, you know, on the floor mm. routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that that was kind of where I that's kind of what I think of the ribbon. Yeah, the, the ribbon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, no, exactly. It's, it's the floor a, routine. It's a very, very homosexual cane pole. And you know what's funny? I got a buddy that landed a tiger muskie on a tenkara on my lake. 
and I like the guy. I like the guy a lot, but he like that's he was right thing. there beside wait, him the wait. whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he only had a three inch <laughs> pole in the other hand. I was by his side for the whole thing. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Fuck. Mark, Mark came in with a good left chip. Mark Burns. Out of nowhere. Left it right open. <laughs> and we always say Mark's a dry guy around here. Oh, great. Oh, how, how great is that? <laughs> Mark broke the podcast. He got a different kind of slime on his hands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> two kinds. <laughs> oh, oh, man. No. What's this for to wash that off? <laughs> <laughs> well, this just went all the wrong way. Wow. That's just wonderful. That was a, that's the best burn on me in 2023. <laughs> well and done, Mark Burns. So... At least Chris knows what Tenkara is mm-hmm. and how to catch musky on it, because I've never fucking seen the shit. I've never uh, fished with it, but I go with a lot of friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, that's great. You fishing today? Oh, no, just here for the HJ. Hey, I'm going to buy a Tenkara rod tomorrow and go with Chris. <laughs> oh, shit. Wait, wait, no, you're going to jack up another guy. No, yeah. no I'm not going to buy it to car. Sometimes it pays to be the net man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. So okay, I, so well, I hope, that's, that, I, I hope we at least, we, we, we at least touched base on that yeah, one. Yeah, Dan, I hope that helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope we help clear that yeah, up for gosh. you. It, turkey season. Uh, I'm definitely going to get out there a little bit for turkey season. Chris, are you going to go out for turkey season? I am not. You're not going to go for the, the birds? No, I do not. I, okay. I, I turkey hunted when I was a teenager, which was in the mid-90s. When there were no ticks? Where there were no ticks and there were billions of birds. Like, for, for us in the mid-90s, turkey hunting was, you get up at the butt crack of dawn, you put on 10 layers, you go out, uh, you do a couple owl hoots, you find the birds, you call them in, you shoot them in the face, you take all your clothes off because it's 80 degrees at that point, and you walk out. Like it's it was always, same. it's still the same, but it was first day. First day you both banged a bird and you walked out. I mean, for six years in a row, I killed, I killed birds on the first day every year. And then I really got back into like hardcore fishing. And I'm like, if I'm turkey hunting right now, I could be fishing somewhere instead. Well, the only nice thing about it is, <clears throat> well, if you, if you have both days, you know, you, uh, I always do dedicate my sunday yeah, to you're, fishing you're a sunday fish guy and then you go you know with your saturdays and you go hunting which i think that pennsylvania the dumbass state of being i think there should be hunting on every day whenever the hell you want to do it because you paid a goddamn lot of money for that that thing and a guy who works you know every day nine to five you know what i mean or whatever it be seven to whatever five. <laughs> oh, h yeah oh buddy Oh, but I'm just saying, I, I, I know that I, 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 God cares more about Pennsylvania deer than it does Ohio's deer. Those are the devil's deer. Okay. <laughs> and we shouldn't, you, know, you can't, you can't, you can't buy a car in Pennsylvania. You can't shoot. A you deer can't do all kinds Lord. of stupid ass shit in Pennsylvania because God cares about that stuff. And these or, guys should be in church, but you can buy fishing. Wh- you can buy whiskey on Sundays. Now. Sure. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah it's yeah. just, it's just, <laughs> it's whatever. It's, it's stupid. It's, it's, it's an open book. How much money point. do you yeah. have to lobby 
for this shit to be okay. And I, I honestly, I, my opinion is we should be able to hunt on every day. It's the dumbest rule ever. It is. It really is. Um, God it, loves it, deer more than coyotes and crows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my next point. Yes. God loves deers more than he likes coyotes and crows. Varmint. It's, it's just, it's not. It's yeah, ridiculous. It's stupid. Yep. It really is. We need to move into the uh, the modern world in the, uh, I think, in the hunting realm of that. That'll be one of my airing of grievances a little later. Especially because we're not a manufacturing state anymore like we used to be, right? Like, we're a tourist recreational state. Sure. And if you want to take yourself seriously as a recreational state, you, you can't mm. eliminate uh, one day a week that's to, a not, se- to not recreate. That's a seventh of the year. Great work. <laughs> I like it. I like the math. Good job, buddy. No, that, uh, no. Can you tell me what percentage that is? No, I can't either. Yeah, no, but I mean, but seriously, that's it's garbage. It's stupid. Um, were we still on Tinkara? Makes you no. Uh, we're okay. we're talking about. Yeah, we're uh, on turkey. I'm season. not turkey oh, hunting. Turkey season, but no, turkey I think season. you and Jimmy I, are. I'm I, looking forward to. Turkey I will. Hunting, I will. I will go out and I will try. I have a nice spot that is just my own. I can go there whenever I want to archery hunt and to to gobbler hunt. And uh, the homeowner doesn't mind me being there. It's just right around the corner. If I don't just walk out back, because every year I watch my neighbors walk right out back, and then they always have a big-ass gobbler over their shoulder. And I'm like, man, where the hell did you get that thing, dude? Oh, my, uh, my, son's, my son's the one that's all about the turkeys right now. He uh, The last two years, the year before last year, we got on a couple big toms, but just for whatever reason, couldn't put it together. And then last year, he smoked a big one. So he is ready to go turkey hunting. He keeps constantly bringing it up. Let's go turkey hunting. Let's go turkey hunting. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not mocking turkey hunting. It's just not for me. That's do all right. You, do you want to oh, wait for these, these great uh, couple questions about some food real quick? Or do you want to hit on them? I can, I can hit them real quick. But we gotta, we're going we're gonna to come. Uh, we're going to do that. And we have one other question, and then we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back with uh, going off the rails and any other things we got to talk about. Sounds good. Dan, you asked uh, why the turkey breast you smoked had leathery skin. Heat. Heat. You didn't cook it hot enough. Yep. So if you're going to Move do, it closer or turn it up. If you're going to do anything with skin, uh, foul-wise, smoke it at 225 for as long as you want, and then at the end, blast it at 400, 450 degrees. That the, was going to be my question to you. Is there a point, or can you do it at the end? Do it. I always do it at the end. Uh, generally, though, I don't smoke uh, a lot of poultry because you can cook it hot and fast, and it's because it's poultry, it's going to take a ton of smoke anyway. See, that's what I say. Like when yeah, I do mine, even I, chickens, I, I move yep. mine closer to the firebox, and I set it at two twenty-five, but that's probably cooking two seventy-five, two eighty, and I'm rotating it more over there. And the skin always turns out yeah, nice I'm and crispy. The, I'm even doing chickens up into maybe even the 300 range. Yeah, it's only going to take for... You know what I mean? Gonna, yep, there are two other... smoke the whole time. Yeah, exactly. And even, you know, it takes me, I don't know, an hour to do a chicken, right? Tops. Yeah, they don't take long. Here, here are two other tricks you can use. Uh, when you do your chicken... When you smoke your chicken. Or, or, put it, or, or turkey. Yep, or turkey. Whatever, whatever poultry that has skin. Put it the day before. Take it out. Cover that skin with salt, right? Cover the skin with salt. Put it in your refrigerator away from other foods, uncovered. Allow that skin to dry out. 
so you let that salt penetrate the skin, which pulls the moisture out. You're in a refrigerator, so there's a fan. It's going to dry that skin out even more. When you put it on, make sure the skin's dry. The other trick is to put baking powder on it. What about just ripping the skin off? Well, you can rip the skin off, but then it's not <laughs> crunchy and delicious. Just remove it all together. Yeah. Well, yeah. come on. We're, now we're ruining our meat. But, um, but in all of my poultry rubs, uh, it's 50% baking powder. Because that, yep, that baking powder really dries, dries, dries that skin now. What do you think about the wet pan? And I have used it with uh, cider before. And I didn't. Uh, I I had no. You know, I was I was either way. Did they you said use Dickens or what kind of cider did you use? It, the the in the in the in one in. the insider. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean. Like an, you know, you could use an apple vinegar cider or something yep. else in in your. It depends. It depends on what you're cooking on. Water. Uh, only use water because any because all it's doing is evaporating. Sure. Like it, the vinegar isn't evaporating, so you're not putting any vinegar flavor into the air. Sure. All you're doing is trying to keep your fire, uh, your cooking area moist. So if you're cooking on a big green egg or a Komodo, you don't need a water pan at all. If you want a drippings pan, great, go for it. If you're cooking on like a Weber Smoky Mountain, you're going to want a water pan. Some people fill that thing with sand, but a little bit of moisture helps there. If you're cooking on a man's smoker like I have. If you're cooking on a man's smoker, depending on what you're cooking, add a water pan. If you're cooking a brisket, no. You don't want moisture in the air. That. You don't want moisture because you want to build that bark. Yeah. Right? If With you're, my pork butt, though, I did. And that's fine because, I mean, the bark's nice on a pork butt, but it's not necessary. So I never use a water pan, but you can if you're using a stick burner. Or even a pellet smoker. But that pellet smoker, there's no real fire to put that over. Mm -hmm. So you can put it in a pellet smoker, but you don't yeah, necessarily not, yeah. need to. The only time I would do it is if you're cooking in a stick burner and you're doing something that doesn't need a solid bark. All right, one more quick question, and then we're out of here. Um, we're going to take another break, and then we're coming back with our last three. Um, what's worse, non-alcoholic beer or Malort? Malort. Non-alcoholic beer. Would you rather? Well, hold on. Malort. Would you rather drink non-alcoholic beer or Malort non at eight in the beer. morning? Na beer. I would rather drink. And you know what? I'm just I'm past the Malort. I really gave it an opportunity, and it was really that bad. Yeah, I gave it a shot. So you would drink non-alcoholic beer over Malort? Yes. Yeah. All day. Around yeah. the fire. Uh huh. All day. Yep. You just yeah. rather just not get drunk. I you know what rather. I would do? I'm just done with Malort. I would god awful. Honest to God, if I had, if they were, if those were the two things there, I'd mix them. Ooh. I'd mix them. <laughs> oh, no. Well, because I'm either because that would ruin the future taste There's of still beer. Malort you might die. There. Well, here's the thing. You just might die. No, that's, that's it. Like, might it might turn green and like bubble. Yeah, that's like that. Yeah. Uh, you might die. I'd make, mix it, make a drain. You might just not wake up. Yeah, I would honestly make a boiler maker of it and just uh, boiler maker. <laughs> <laughs> throw them back like a. Man who's excited to vomit. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. That was our last question. Hey, thanks, fellas. Uh, any of our other buddies who want to, you know, give us some questions. Yeah, give us some questions. We'll answer damn near anything. Yes. Damn near anything. Yes. Don't keep, it, don't keep it so PG next time, fellas. Come on. Although I really feel like we just, we uh, covered Tankara, so I think yeah. we're done with that. All right, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, next, everybody's feelings are in the same direction. Next on that. time, <laughs> it has to be Boga Grips. I like it.
We are back, and we're going to talk about what we've been drinking tonight. Uh, I've had way too many of all these, and um, I'm going to ramble on. I don't. Mark. Mark doesn't really. He doesn't partake as much as he used to anymore. He's a, he's, you've had a couple glasses though. Yeah, I've had a little bit tonight. It's been good. Yeah. I've had Angel's yeah. Envy, and it's been kind of a nice sipper. And that no, I don't drink near like I used to, but I do sip a little bit on whiskey. I like it, bourbon. Yeah, that and was. When we're here, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty much the only time I have any alcohol anymore is when we're here. I can't make that statement at all. Uh, if the day ends in Y, probably gonna have some whiskey that night. Of some sort. But tonight I brought uh, regular Angel's Envy. A nice little 86 proof because... Jay's dainty little palate. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, it was, it was great. I yeah. loved it. When it comes to whiskey, Jay is a quivering vulva. So I brought something yes. that is uh, finished in a port wine barrel. So what was the first thing he said when he drank it? Oh, that's hot. Oh, that's hot. And I was like, it's 86 proof. I'm bringing a 125 next week. It just, <coughs> Buckle I, I think, up, princess. I think I felt that way because it like <laughs> it made my mouth salivate. You know what? I'm glad I'm listening to this before I'm about to drink this. <laughs> well, Dude, no. it's it's super smooth. No, I just it, yeah yeah. I'm, I'm glad I heard heard. Go ahead. Are you are you a heavy drinking? Fuck no! I ain't gonna heavy drink this. No. No, I said, are you a heavy bourbon drinker? Let's get uh, Jimmy's reaction on air. Today. That's lip smacking good, apparently. Yeah. That's what we're going to go with. Uh, Jim's, uh, uh, he likes, he likes lip smacking. No, it's, it's, it's definitely Talking bourbon. Talking to the microphone, Jim. It's, it's definitely bourbon. Oh, no kidding. Well, thank you. But yeah. It's, it's not as bad as no, it's some tasty. of the other stuff that you've had me try. It's overpriced. You know, it's. In Pennsylvania, it's fifty dollars a bottle, and it should be thirty-five. Jim, I didn't get the shivers after this one, so that that's, that's good. good. Turn your microphone to the left, just a little bit. Oh, yep, yep. I like that better. Oh, oh that's that's Perfect. the one that makes the L when you hold your fingers up. Yeah, go up that way toward the TV, just a little more. Now talk. No, no, no. Just, just start getting in there. Start getting in there and talking. Good. Does it? Is this oh, this is way better. Oh, I like yeah. it. I like that way better. That's I'm sorry. Nice. Go you you got to do this next. Do you want, yes, Jay. Yes. yes, Jay. Hey, hey, hey. You, how, yeah. how, 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 how tall was the grass? This high. This was perfect, <laughs> though. That, see, you sounded great when you said that. I, I want to hear your voice, and rest, I want to hear it loud. What we need you to do is just rest those mustache hairs on your, <laughs> right on on that your microphone. You know yes, what, sir? <laughs> Get the mustache up in there. Oh, yeah. I rub my nose on my mic just there's so I know There's I'm not there. even a mustache here right now. Well, I say that because I they, couldn't have like, you turned literally. up any higher. They disappeared well before he got there. Put your I'm a, goddamn I'm a soft-spoken li- individual. No, put your lips on the fucking microphone is the thing. Like, Yeah, exactly. You will eat. Is those better yes, for you? Yes, that is so much better. See, you talk right here. If you, if you have this thing right here, everybody hears what you're saying very loud and clear. Listeners, are you not entertained? Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, I apologize. This is what we're drinking this tonight. See, we're talking about what we're drinking. We're laying loud. Here we go. Karen J. <laughs> Karen J. You just ding my fucking door, you asshole. You micromanaging son of a bitch. You better give me your fucking telephone number. <laughs> so, yeah, we're drinking Angel's Envy. We're still sipping on the Weller. Jay just finished off our bullet rye. We've got uh, on the shelf, we've got Evan Williams, Redemption, 
some Knob Creek, some Mellow Corn. Next week, I'm bringing a Wild Turkey Rare Breed, which is really good, but it's it's really going to test our... Uh, Jim's always off the fucking wall. Last last week it was twisted fucking tea. Now it's bush light. Dude, I've drank it's twisted like, tea and like bush light I, in this evening alone. It's like I like to be uh, like a redneck, like bush light, but uh, I want to drink twisted tea too. I want to just test the limits of my liver. Yeah, you don't you don't want to fuck any sibling. It's got to be your brother. <laughs> 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 Holy shit! You man. tried. You tried to get me. You're waiting to say that until I took a drink of my beer. You son of a bitch! See, that wow. Be, see, this is now. This is getting good. Now, see, this is what. That's what Chad would have done. You're filling in well, dude. Because we're never having Chad. Wow. Again. I, I talked to Chad on Friday night. We and we already uh, we already exchanged, and he said, "No, I'm never having you on a podcast again." Um, so if everybody, hopefully everybody got their fill last week. Um, Love you too, bud. <laughs> but yeah, I, I always drink buddy this. Like yeah. Tees too. We have a good time though. Um, no, you know what? No. Next week, I think I'm gonna actually grab a good beer. <coughs> this week, I was down here in the room, Yingling's hanging good. out with the. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's all right. I mean, it's like you know, I, I was talking about like an IPA or something. Oh, that's not for me. You know, I, even Friday night, all I could handle at the, you know, Chad was having all kinds of fun stuff while we were hanging out, getting dinner. I had peeled myself so bad before I even went to dinner. Oh, good. <laughs> and my wife was... Was it Friday? I told my wife every... <laughs> it was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Friday. And I told my wife, I was Chris. I told my wife every story twice. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, hey, 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 guy, we're working with. He's coming back on. For, uh, he's coming back Monday. Oh, it's gonna be great. You know, a guy worked. He's been there forever, and he's he's great at what he does. And it'd be nice to have him around. You know, and uh, and oh yeah, you've already told me that, Jay. And then I tell her something else. Oh yeah, I've already heard that, Jay. And yeah, like, that happens. All right, I'm gonna sit here in the passenger seat with my uh, my heated seat on and shut the. Okay. <laughs> not say another word. All the way down to the lube. Oh, you guys went to the lube Friday. Yeah, it nice. was. Yeah, it was good food. They actually, it was great food. Our, the waitress works with our wives uh, nice. at the salon as well, and also the bartender at the lube. So we went there with the kids. Dude. And they could run around and they could play the games, the claw game. They weren't even with us half the time, just playing the claw game, grabbing dollar bills off us to just keep trying to get stuff in the claw. Dude, so. I haven't been to the lube in years. I used to go every Thursday night with my uncle for bike night. And oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And that was that was awesome. Yeah. But he died in 05, and we hadn't been there for five years. Or not 05. Uh, when did I get married? 14. He died in 2014. And I hadn't been there five years. We hadn't been there five years prior to that. So it's got to have been 15, 16 years probably since I've been to the lube. The one, the the proper lube. I mean, I think I've been to the, there was one in Indiana, the state. Uh, Hobart? Hobart. I think it was Hobart, Indiana, right next to the Bass Pro Shops. But We're check getting one of them here soon. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, little outlet thing, I guess. Yeah. Over in Niles. I'm looking to forward to buying uh, probably nothing from there. They're finally, <laughs> They're probably going to get me for the credit card at the door. This time. That was my first credit card was the Cabela's card. Yeah, they'll probably you get still me got this one. one. 
Yeah, back when you could earn like crazy points and just fill out your closet mm-hmm. for the year. I always like try to dodge the guy at the door, you know, like no, 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 I don't want your <laughs> I don't want your shit. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. This time now now that it's close, I don't know they might get me. Yeah, it's it'll be tough. I I wish they had a better fly section. Well, it it depends on how like the White River section isn't so bad if you go to like a big Bass Pro Shops. Yeah, but right. not here. But this it's going to be, be like an outlet. Yeah. This is going to be like a Grove City style yeah. version of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree. But my, I went to the Cabela's in Sydney, Nebraska, when we drove out to <gasps> Utah to fish the green the first time. Mm-hmm. And that was my first time That's in a like Cabela's. That's like the OG one. Yeah, I was 16. That was my first time in a Cabela's. And I was like, holy shit, this is my Mecca. Like, it was amazing. And then we would take trips over to Dundee. Dundee, Michigan, to yeah, go to, go to that nice Cabela's. Too. And then West Virginia got a Cabela's. Mm-hmm. And we'd go down to the West Virginia Cabela's. And then Bass Pro oh, Shop. I've been to that one in 20 years. Yeah. And then Bass Pro Shop bought a <laughs> Cabela's. And I really try not to go very often. But I, yeah. I go to the one in Peoria, Illinois, every year. Because when we go out to visit my wife's family, that's really what you do in Peoria. I mean, you go to the crappy casino, the Paradise, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, the Bass Pro, and it's it's all it's all hunting and it's all spin gear. But I like oh sure, at, I like looking at boat equipment and stuff like that. Oh yeah, new trolling motor. That's so, what's gonna get me. That's a new trolling motor, huh? New trolling motor. That's what's gonna get. That's me what'll get me this year too. I'm looking at a 12 inch display. To replace. Oh yeah, I do want another fish finder for the front. Well, like, I don't want you another would one. Want a twelve-inch yeah. display? Because mine, mine flips. So I've got mine on a ram mount that comes off the side of my console, and I've got a nine-inch uh, TI two Lowrance, and I think I'd like to get the last edition HDS twelve-inch because I could s- now that I'm getting older, I can see it from the front better or the back better. I think. Just t- switching and putting that in there. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't. I don't know if I can use the same transducer. I think I can. Off the HDS, you have the three in one, the long one. Yeah. Yeah, you should. I do. Which would be great because I don't have to. (laughs) Then I'll just buy your nine off you. Yeah. I'll stick it up in the front of my. I'll give you my nine for flies. Oh, we're in. And then I'll just buy. (laughs) I'll buy a transducer. Yeah, that's it. Because that's probably going to be my next move is to get a new trolling motor too. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy it with intentions on moving it to the next boat down the road. Right. So I'll go with a 60-inch shaft instead of a 45 like it's on mine now. So what's the difference? I'm just going to have it sitting up a little bit What do you have on your boat now, Sims? I have a 60 and I should have got a 45. But our boats are completely different. Yeah, I'm going to be going to a 16-foot deep V. Yeah. You have a... I have Jet, a I have John. A, yeah, I have a tunnel John. Yeah, so, so hey, I mean, like, hey. you want a 45 for yours. Yeah, 60 was too much for mine. Really? You want a 45 for yours, for sure. Because when I'm running shallow water in that, which is pretty much all the time I'm on the Allegheny, uh, I have three feet of shaft from my trolling motor sticking straight up from the bow of my boat. Never have that problem anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, that's what you. Yeah, yeah. That, um, I clarified. Are, are we and compens- I'm still getting shit. Are we compensating? I got an for extra three man? feet of shit. Let me tell you, that HDS is in another league. I can't wait, dude. Um, um, 
Raz has one on the front of his boat. He just got oh, nice. a new one, and I'm telling you, that thing is. And I've used yours. I've used my dad has an Elite, which is essentially mm-hmm. yours, uh, the newer one that the Elite. What's the Elite? Uh, Ti three now, isn't it? No, or? no, it's not. It's a something else. I don't. But I, I there's don't another know. one there, and um, they're both extremely nice. Maybe a little bit of a glorified hum. I'm a hummingbird fan. I would, you know, and I, I love hummingbirds. Really? I do. I plus, do. Plus, they can control your mint coat. But here's now, and I'm going to be very honest as to why I love hummingbirds. Okay. And I'll just make this clear. And if you don't know about this, you better find out. Craig Copeland is a gentleman that has a hummingbird helix Facebook page. And he makes a little flip 40-page book on how to run them. And it is the most laid out nice thing. And I know how to run my hummingbird like a champ because of that book. So if you don't, if you have a hummingbird helix, go on to the hummingbird helix page. The guy's name's Craig Copeland for 40 bucks. He sends you a book that details where your settings need to be, where everything needs to be. Mm-hmm. And it makes like where your hertz are, what the dimensions are, where the cone goes, where everything is with it. And it nice. just lays out. So I know how to go into my hummingbird and do absolutely everything I need to do to get the image and where the fish is, what I'm seeing, what's going on. I've messed with Jim's. I've messed with my dad's. I've messed mm. with yours. God, I'm lost on them things. So, and, and I only and have learned, to just learn well, them. They're like basically like two brands. Yeah, Hummingbird yeah. and Lawrence are competing brands. Okay. The two big differences. Oh, we're are talking about. Okay, we're talking about fish finders. Okay, we're not in talking my about, opinion. Okay. We're I talking about like a code anymore. Really, like a code makes. Trolling, trolling motors. motors. In my opinion, I would. Are want there any other trolling motors out there in the whole world? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a motor guide. There, uh, Lawrence makes one now. It's called the Ghost. Yeah. Because Lawrence does not control a Minkota hum, a Minkota depth or a trolling motor, but Hummingbird makes a control cable for a, con- for a Minkota. So you can put in your route in your Hummingbird, and it'll and your trolling motor will run that route. Yep, and it's Minkota. Correct. Hummingbird yes. and Minkota to work together. Sure. Lawrence okay. and Minkota okay. do not. But okay. Lawrence made their own called the Ghost. And then there's the third brand gotcha. uh, motor guide. And I don't, there might be other brands out there. I'm just not familiar. I with don't them. know. I have three trolling motors. And and they're probably they're, all Minkotas. They're all Minkotas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were, none of them were great or big or small or whatever, but they all push the boats along just fine. Yeah, I'm on I'm on two Facebook pages for Lawrence. So there's the Lawrence tips and tricks, and then there's the Lance Ti2 owners mm-hmm. that have. You know, there are guys that do that professionally and can tell you. But you know, even once I plug those settings in, I have to change it wherever I go. Oh, 100%. Like when I'm on the river, it's completely different than when I'm on a lake, and then when I'm on my lake, it's completely different than when I'm on your lake mm-hmm. because of the sediment level. My lake yeah. is crystal clear. Where yeah, your lake you gotta, is you not go through all the settings and definitely every single body of water depending yep. on what the water is. Oh, same with yep. Hummingbird, everyone. Yep, you gotta uh, make all your adjustments and go mm-hmm. in your contrast. Mark and curses sharpness. at my fish finder all the time. Well, Mark's gonna love it when the live scan gets put on the front of my boat. Are you gonna live be? Scan. Are you gonna be? Uh, are you gonna be? Uh, what? What are we? What's, what's? I will sink my boat before it has fucking live scan on it. <laughs> Oh, what do we? What's that? Where do you do you see the? You can see the fish down there. Yeah, it's a forward-facing video camera underwater, effectively a video camera it's, underwater. It's cool shit, but it's it's cool it's technology, unethical. but it's unethical fishing, in my humble opinion. Yeah. we can't use walkie-talkies when we hunt deer, but yeah. we can put a video camera underwater that can distinguish between a fucking log and a moving muskie. 
horseshit. I'm going to go back to old grandpappy. And grandpappy caught lots of fucking fish. And he didn't need none of that shit. Right. And I, I can But it s- helps. But it helps. It, no, 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 no. But I mean, for real, like, because those guys, they honestly, they went out and earned it. And and Mark's one of those guys who always talk about earning fishing and earning places and earning how you know how In to do opinion, things. In my opinion, that's the element and you of lined fishing. Up, you lined up. My dad would, when I, used to, when I used to go out drifting walleye on one of the bigger lakes that you guys talk about, which, you know, it's just a giant lake in this area. Right. And we would line up this place and this place, and we would drift through that place and catch a ton of walleye. Absolutely. And then we'd go back <laughs> up, and we would drift through that place again, that area again. It's a sandbar out there. Yeah. Or it used to be way back, you know, and you just, that's how you did it. Growing up. You didn't up. need to have all that technology. You just had to know the knowledge, have the knowledge, and tried and known and talked and People don't want blah, blah, blah. that. That's that's just a problem. That's your issue right there. All People right, don't want to earn that. They don't want to go get that, and they don't want to put the work into it, and they want the immediate satisfaction. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a world What's of instinct. You, you know, at the end of the day, you, you put a game plan together, and you say, okay, I think the fish should be here. You go there, and there's nothing wrong with electronics. No. You make sure that what is there is there. But the element right. of fishing is putting in the work to get the reward out of it. By seeing all that happen, just stay and play video games. Don't go out there. I'm gonna be the first to tell you, don't go fishing. So what would if you you're, if that is your if, if that is what your goal is to go out there, watch them fish, catch them as quick as you can, you're doing the same thing as you are by going out there on the first day by loading up a stringer of six trout and getting out of there. So what in your guys' opinion would you say would be the cutoff as far as electronics? capabilities with fishing anything forward facing anything moving i mean if it's moving at the time and you're watching live time no yep you know all it i can't have be to live know, time no. like what i really like to know with technology is depth depth change places where i think fish will hang out because of those types of things and only fishing lakes type then i only use it in lakes it's in the river or in the creeks you already know where the hell all the fish are at. You don't need no technology and all that shit. Come on. If you're using it in a creek or a river, you're, come on, you're just, you're really, <laughs> come so, on, now you're really so whenever being an asshole, I guess, Whenever, me, but. Whenever I set up my fish finder and everything last year, we kind of tuned mine into, like, swim bladders. So just regular depth, you know, not going super crazy, you know, matching the sediment and everything for the body of water we were in, but trying to find, you know, those lateral lines for those swim bladders. You know, you see a fish coming up, that's good enough for me. I don't yeah. need to, I don't need yeah, to go a good arc, Yes. Now. But by the time you're seeing that arc, you're already over it. Yeah. You're, I want to solidify what I know. You're generally and that is over it. it. I'm using my electronics to solidify what I already know and to make sure that I am sitting on the edges of my drop-offs where I want to be. And I know that that depth change is yeah. there. If I'm looking at the previous days and I'm watching the wind, I know where the bait should be pushed to and I should be on them points or in them bays or in them areas where that wind's already there. So I did my job, proper preparation, prevents piss-poor performance. Then I use my electronics to make sure they're there. If yep. they're not, then I'm thinking, okay, what's changing? Is there a temperature change? Are they moving towards where there could be an intake of water that's causing temperature change? Is there a wind shift? Is there a pressure? Are there, is there more pressure so they're going to move deeper? And then I use my electronics to justify that. 
at that point, the rest of the job is on me to catch my fish. Yeah. If you're going to use your electronics to catch the fish, and we react to the same thing, stay home and play video games. Don't go fish. That is not what fishing is about. If that is to you, you're looking at fishing in the wrong aspect. There isn't a, like, this one's up for grabs. Like, it could be this or that. This is a straight-up moral ethical. Yeah, I use... The Muskies, <clears throat> Inc. is eliminating it from tournaments. You can't register fish from, you know, record tournaments if through... If you have live scope. IFGA. You're not yeah. going to be able to register... To, you know, I mean, there's a lot of these going into, you know, going into you know, being talked about moving forward. That is one of the number one things moving forward through a lot of these organizations is live scope. Yeah, to quote the great Michael Crichton, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Ooh, good one. Right? Ooh, Straight out of Mi- Jurassic Mr. Park. Mr. Jurassic baby. Park. <laughs> now, Ooh, if you are... Just because the technology exists doesn't mean you should now use it. Now, if you're fishing for a living and you're allowed to use it, yes. You're fishing tournaments and you're allowed to use that? Absolutely. If you're fishing to fill a cooler, there's nothing wrong with that because that's your jo- you're going out there to do that. If you are fishing for sport and fun, you're essentially like a child molester at that point. What about a guide? Same thing. Why? What? What would make? What would change anything? That's showing your lack of ability on your end. Why did you get live scope? Because you weren't doing a good enough job before, and you weren't putting in the research. You weren't putting in the work. Oh, it makes you it weren't easier. doing something right. There shouldn't have been any reason. I, well, I, I'm with you. I, I just, I just wanted to ask the question. I mean, th- then, then there's a lack of preparation on that. You end. know, if you're a guide, you should know where the fish are at already. I agree. Well, I, I only say that because, I, and I won't, I won't say who. But somebody posted a video this week uh, where they spotted a fish on the live scope and they sat there and they fished that fish for 20 minutes. Oh, shit, man. They, they went through like a couple different flies, a couple. And this guy was a guide. Uh, and I know a lot of people that have a lot of respect for the guide. I don't know him very well, so I'm not I'm not judging him. I'm just saying that's not how I would want to fish. Like if if I was being guided to fish, you know, if I paid six hundred dollars for a day to fish with a guy. And he's staring at that screen. He's like, "There's a fish right there," and we're on that fish for 20 minutes casting at it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel good about it because that's, that's. But this is again, this is me. This is my personal opinion. Make you feel a little dirty inside. If you disagree, you're wrong. But I'll still love you. I don't want to catch that fish that way. I mean, it, to, to tell the client, "Hey, there's a fish here." reiterates the fact that you're doing what you're supposed to do and there's fish there absolutely there's an element of imagination that's involved in fishing and that's why we do that and in order for that client to be fishing properly he needs to be imagining what that fly is doing in his head and what he's doing so that fly swimming properly to catch that fish but if you're doing your job as a guide you are teaching him through that process so all he is thinking about is how that fly is swimming the depth it's at and when that fish is going to eat and what he's going to do not Hey, the fish is doing this and the fish is doing that. And he's thinking about when the fish is coming up to the fly and not actually learning what he's doing. He's just fishing at that point. You're not angling. You're just fishing. I got a funny... <clears throat> Let's not make musky fishing steelhead fishing. Yeah, there's... And that's a, that's, that's a, that's a little funny, you know. Just, just kind of side, you know. If Think about it that way. Let's not make musky fishing steelhead fishing, right? Or any of these kind of fishings. But if you want to fish that way... It's all going to end up that way. Every fi- If you give an avenue to it, they're going to take advantage of it, and the avenue's there with it. Is it is it legal? Yeah. Are you allowed to use it? Yeah. Nothing you can do about it. But should it's you? your prerogative. Okay. Should should you? Absolutely. No. All right. Yeah. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna change it up. We're going to go to uh, the F3 
three T. He did it. And Jay didn't like me off the rails. <laughs> on April like, we're done off the rails. Twenty second. Tickets are on sale. Tickets are on sale. They're on sale on uh, flyfishfilmtour.com. They're on sale on Facebook. Through I know I had one of those too. That's why I was saying, Facebook. Yeah, I had, a, I, had a, I had a whiskey hiccup, uh, which was awesome. Uh, they're on sale through our Facebook page, uh, the SVS Fly Fishing Group. Uh, it's a couple. It's a couple um, posts down. It's on sale on the Franklin Moving Forward page. If you are local, you can go to the Franklin Area Chamber of Commerce, acquire tickets. Uh, if you can't find any of those, shoot me a message on Facebook. Uh, find me on Instagram. We will hold the tickets for you if you're going to be there. That's right. Hey, speaking of Instagram, for we might have some new listeners who don't know our Instagrams. Uh, Mark. You're at Urban Fly Co., right? Correct. Jay? I'm at Dr. J. I'm also at the SVS Fishing Podcast. And I am uh, at Flats underscore Pirate, Lil' Jimmy. And I am at Outdoor Jimbo. Right on. So DM one of us if you can't find him through any of those other avenues. Uh, it's really going to be a good time. More things are coming together. I'm getting more prizes. Uh, I'm ordering a sage rod for it this week. So there's going to be a lot of sweet prizes. And Mark's giving it away. It sounds a, like it's going to be, the prizes are just going to be out. Well, and since, it, and since 25% of what I'm going to, proceeds <laughs> are going to go back, I'm just tying pink from now on out. Because <laughs> I didn't know Chris <laughs> is just going to go in and be like, all right, I'll take all of I'll these. Take them all. Yeah. Yep. Pink. Yep, and uh, Mark's uh, Mark was it last week or two weeks yeah, ago? We do a good guide trip. Yeah, going to throw in a guide trip. We'll do a guide trip and a couple of us. Yeah, that's well. The super only thing, awesome. hold on. There's going to be one stipulation to that guide trip. I'm in the back of Jay, the boat. Jay is in the back <laughs> of the boat. I'll follow you guys in a kayak. Jay, with a you two fight over it, but <laughs> no, I'm okay with you. Jay either. is in the back of the boat. Wait, do we get the fist fight over it? Yes, because I will row more. Then Jay, you will. Jay. Oh, let's yeah. just take let's just take your I row really well. Let's just oh, take your raft too. We'll follow this? you. Yeah, oh, see, this is getting see? even better. Yeah, I'm you getting get Jay the fish in. He's you get the I don't fish. have to teach him you to row. He already knows. You get the fish with the clients. No, I, gosh, I'm one of the better. I'm, I'm, shit, I'm better go. rower than goddamn Mark is. Instead of donating a guy trip, it'll be a fish with me day, and Jay gets to row the whole day. damn right. I will throw that. Chris is like, wait a second. I will sign off on that right here. Jason Thompson says he will row. I think it's great. You and Mark around. Chris, We'll go to a lake. Well, then there it is. Yeah. There's the day. Jay Rose. Jay Rose, you get to fish and get yelled at by Mark. I'm in the back and Jay's (laughs) in the front. You're damn right. uh, You're in the front. But it's going to be a great day. Uh, It really will. tickets are going pretty quickly, and we've only got 500 of them. Uh, I hate to sound like a fucking infomercial, but... Tickets are going fast. Get online and buy yours soon. Get them while they're hot. Oh, hey. and Your ticket gets you the whole seat, but you only need the edge. We have, and, 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 and it's it's going to be fun. I mean, we have a lot of our local friends and family also coming in. Oh, yeah. It's going to be just a wonderful night at the, what brewery is, are, are we going to be at beforehand? Did you, did you mention it already? It is at Trails to Ales in Franklin, Pennsylvania, but it's it's called Trails to Ales 2. It's their bottling facility. So it's a bigger area. 
It's a bigger warehouse. Uh, they've got a really cool tap system. So you go up to the bar and they give you a card, right? You give them your credit card and they give you a, like, a, like an NFC card, like a hotel gives you. And they've got taps on the wall. And you go up and you put your card in and you pour your own beers and it, it charges you per ounce. So if you want like four ounces of a stout, you just pour four ounces in and it adds it to your card. And then at the end of the night, you turn your card in, they charge your credit card, that's it. You don't have to go to the, to the bartender. You don't have to wait in line. Nothing. It's do not tell my wife that damn robots are taking over, man. Do not tell my wife that they took her jobs. It's gonna cost me a fortune. She's just gonna be like, "Well, I want to drive you home." Seven. No, my wife. She coming? No, I'm sure. I'm sure. Ashley and Chad will be there. Or or significant others coming to this? Not mine. Yes, absolutely. Yours? Yours? Oh, mine will absolutely. She will love it. Chad's bringing his wife. We are leaving our kids somewhere the hell else, but yes. You know what? I would like to. I would like to say that I'm not, but my girlfriend actually, believe it or not, is an active listener, so she'll probably be there now after hearing this. What's your girlfriend's name? We're not gonna say it on the air. I want to know. Tanisha. Tanisha. We're going to call her Shaniqua. <laughs> she from Compton. Tanisha. That's how we get, that's how we get our synthetics, Jay. <laughs> I will stop this podcast right now. Off the rails. You know what? <laughs> we, need, we need a crazy <laughs> train button. That goes to our, our good event that's coming up, our, our wonderful event that's coming I up. will they, turn they, this they, off right now. <laughs> <laughs> So if that's a great synthetic fly over there, though, we won't. Uh, but uh, yeah, the FT3 in Franklin, it's going to be a wonderful time. <laughs> that <laughs> week she was join us. If we're yeah. as, if we're as, the F3T will be awesome. Please loose, come to that. Next topic. Loose, Next topic. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> I'm helping you here. I'm hyperventilating. <laughs> <laughs> if we're as loose as this, it's going to be a great time. <laughs> I will be mostly sober because I kind of have to run it. What sure? <laughs> what, I'm going to be like what, this the, until uh, the show is like halfway over, like at intermission. I'm going to get started because I don't have to do anything after intermission. Like intermission, we give out the prizes, we draw for everything, and we watch an hour and a half, and then we go back to the brewery, and I have zero responsibility. All I want to do is get drunk, shake hands, and kiss babies. Why? Well, because that's what we do with SVS. You know, it's it's the an SVS event. Uh, I want to just be there for you know, just to see all of our friends, to yeah. shake hands, to, to, be to, awesome. to be there and be like, just live the moment. Like this is gonna be one of the best events that I've ever been at, and I cannot wait to be there. You know, with all of our friends, if you play like, time all our bodies. Yeah, it's gonna be like it's gonna be a tiny night on. Yeah, steroids. Tying you, night on steroids. You know what I mean? It's gonna be everybody's gonna be there. It's gonna be a killer night. And the and the brewery has. I cannot has, wait to be in Franklin that night. The brewery has fire pits outside. It's got horseshoes. It's got cornhole. Like oh, it's. Oh man! It's gonna you be all, kidding me. Yeah. And then the after party, they've got a pretty good band. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, lined up for afterwards. So. Oh jeez! Stick around. Is, it's gonna be awesome. Woo! You get to watch Jay shit his pants. If you plan on time, I might. No, this is going to be wonderful. I I might just take the next day off work. It's a Saturday. Oh, I might take take Monday off of work. 
It's going to be that good. Yeah, I cannot in, wait to be there. Don't be intimidated at all. Definitely stop up, say hello. We still got a month. Oh, huh? we love yeah. when people. Yeah, definitely stop up and say hello. Yeah, it's about it's about a month away. So get on there, buy some tickets. Uh, I just got an email today about a group buying thirty tickets. So again, they're they're moving. Thirty tickets? Hell yeah! I want to see every one of those thirty people shaking my goddamn hand. You will. I, you won't remember it, but no, you'll see them. I damn right. If I don't remember, but it's been a good night. So you're not drunk by 11 a.m. Did you really do it? No. Do we have anything else for the next 15 minutes? Or are we good? I think we're squared away. All right. Sounds great. This is a two hours and 15 minutes of podcasting greatness. If you listen to this podcast at 1x speed. <laughs> All I well, got to say, what? Jay, is if you're playing on time flies on my vice, you better bring your own buck kill this time. I'm not on it like I'm not tying flies. I don't like a beaver. I don't have to tie flies when I'm there, do I? No, that's some of the things. You didn't have to tie them when you were down there either. Oh, at the musky max. Well, you threw a vice in front of me, and that atrocity that Braz tried to fly was or you guys tried to tie wasn't gonna work. You bullied me into tying, and it looked like shit. Yeah, I I know, but you know what? Hey, you know what? At least I at least I cut the bucktail all the way down to the skin. Well, Ooh. hey, guess what? I'm going to trim seven inches off, the, the half an inch off that shit anyway. Well, it's it Mark's bucktail. you got to talk to him, I don't not care. me. Here. Exactly. Hey, Mark, who are our exactly sponsors? Exactly the reason I <laughs> cut it that way. It wasn't mine. So there was just like a direct so score. Mark, like, yo, fuck I, you, Mark. I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, you. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm going to take your olive, and I'm just going to butcher the <laughs> shit out of Watch it. Watch this. Premium white. I noticed you worked hard on this. Let's ruin hey, it. There's a really nice fly tied out of it on this table. <laughs> Looks better than anything you two assholes could put together. That's fair. I got a solid 30 days on the vice. I've, yeah. I've been tying for 30 years and I still pretty suck. I, still I like the bar suck. you set yourself there, IJ. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. Proud of yourself. Way to go. <laughs> Wow. I butcher the bucktail. Yeah, I know. At least Chris backed off on the carriage. Like, Jay just hammered her right down in. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, using scissors like I don't know what I'm doing. All right, are we gonna shut this thing off anytime soon? We have. Oh, to, you said we had 15 more minutes. Well, oh. We also have to acknowledge our gracious sponsors who put up with this horse shit that we produce every week <laughs> and mention our <laughs> friends of the show again. Okay. Yeti, <laughs> built for the wild. Go check out Sims Fishing in the new gear for 23. A-Rex Hooks, fresher saltwater. Check them out in Cortland Lines. Friends of the show, Ryan Evans, Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis, Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods. I'll be calling you here very shortly, Tom. Me too, buddy. Uh, Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance and our buddies over at Muskie Fool. Dan, email me back. Hey, guys, have a great week. Thanks for listening.